All right, there will be bourbon. I have plenty of it. I don't know if my guest Brandon Neely does. You drinking anything tonight, my man? Yeah, dude. I was gonna bring some Larcy on. Yeah, but I decided to go with something that was actually cheap and pretty good. The old granddad 114. So nice. That is solid. I was about to pick one of those up this weekend because I'm trying to do that. Fred Minnick, I don't know if you know who he is, but he just posted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he posted that 10 best bourbons under $40. Well, that should be under 40. And that was the one, one of the ones on there. So I got most of his list, but I was going to try and recreate that. But anyway, Mm -hmm. before I introduce who Brandon is, obviously, this is a, a discussion fueled by bourbon. I am going with two kernels tonight. We got two oh, Colonel shit. Taylors, right? So the difference is one is the normal one, right? And then my buddy got me this. It is uh, the Colonel Taylor, the single barrel pick from Bounty Hunter, a store here in Napa. So we're going to compare and contrast as this night gets going. But that's what I'm imbibing with. So Brandon Dude, Neely, of, what's that? I thought, going with, I thought about going with the small batch. The, the EA Taylor. You can't go you wrong. Can't. You can't go wrong with the Taylor. Um, again, this is one of those things that, and I, I see you, you post a lot of bourbon stuff that you find now, but I don't know how long it's been since you got into this stuff, but this is one of the ones I remember, like this should be on every liquor store for like 40 bucks. Yeah. That's what it, it is. Was. 40 bucks. Yeah. yeah. And it was, you know, and now Eagle Rares go on the same route. It used to be on every liquor store for like 20 bucks, 20 or about 25, 30. Yeah. Now you can't find any of this stuff. It's, it, it's stupid. Um, Anyways, I'll rant about that in a bit. But first of all, all right. So you were a former army military policeman. Yep. All right. You went to Egypt. You've been to Cuba, Iraq, and you were one of the first to speak publicly about Guantanamo Bay, correct? That is true. Yeah. All right. So what, what was that discussion about? What what prompted that? Um, man, really, just when I got out of the army, I guess just seeing a lot of stuff on the news that wasn't true. Um, about what was going on at Gitmo and um, man, really like, fuck it. Like, uh, I guess to really break news right here, not really news, I've told a few people, but what really happened was, you know, some of the shit bothered me, whatever. Um, but man, I got contacted by these reporters and um, dude, basically when Obama got elected around that time, early on, like right during the prime, right, the prime, right during the general election with him and McCain, I don't know if you remember, there was that big push for the Truth and Reconciliation Committee to yeah. Iraq war. And dude, yeah. basically, they were going to charge a bunch of low-level soldiers that were at Gitmo. And these reporters got a hold of these uh, emails and memos have been back and forth. And names were on the list. And um, fucking, they reached out to a handful of us. And basically, I just went out and told a story before, <laughs> before we got jammed up, before they just blamed a handful of us. Were you and, on that uh, list? Yeah. Oh, dude, okay. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's like 12 of us and it was, we're all low level guys. Okay. Um, what were they? And then basically I, and basically reached out to the UC Davis project. We did an interview and, um, and it just kind of took off from there. I mean, basically it was just, um, it wasn't even really a charge sheet. Just basically, uh, I have it. Um, I mean, basically it's kind of like the stuff they did at Abu Ghraib, but I mean, we didn't do nothing to that extent. Um, yeah. Basically, you know, basic abuse and, and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we're all low level guys. And it, it made it seem like from the wording, like it, like we just went on our own to do it. Right. And there's um, never anybody in charge. Just- no. And, um, <laughs> and we did sign an NDA when we left. Um, yeah. I've always been very adamant about that and how it went. And I broke the NDA and, and spoke or whatever. 
but uh, that's something like I've really, I don't think I've ever really talked about. I don't know if I've talked to people in private about it, but it's, it's one of those things I always kept close to the vest. But over the years, kind of thing, everything's died down. I really haven't had to worry about any blowback. So I don't really don't give a shit anymore. Did you, did you get any blowback from breaking the NDA? Dude, a lot of empty threats. Um, I had a group of lawyers at the time. Um, a lot of, you know, he needs to stop or, or we're going to charge him with, you know, everything. You know, they threw away the treason word, but I think that was more of a scare tactic. Yeah. Um, Sean had it. He had it. He called me a treasonous something one time. Oh, did he call? Um, yeah. Well, it, oh, he called me, honor a, then there, right there, he called me a loudmouth uh, Gitmo guard. And that's why I always had it in my bio. <laughs> so I just kind of like own it, right? Like, fuck it. Um, but yeah, other than that, like um, nothing. I really wasn't too concerned about it either. I think more in my personal life with family and work and stuff it had more of an effect on me but you know when you do something like that you kind of if you don't think that stuff's going to happen you just you're not you're not thinking about it or smart enough to realize it's going to happen is there a bigger loud mouth though than sean hannity i don't think so you know um i think he's he's, he's pretty loud my contempt but, um, for media personalities is it's pretty fair across the board but you know, hannity's one that i've never i just I, don't know. I had a friend that described his 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 style as dumbed down conservatism, right? Yeah, because it's just bumper sticker stuff that he just repeats every fifteen minutes, which resonates with a lot of people in in, it does. in America, right? So, <laughs> you know, fifteen minutes is probably the far end of the spectrum on most people's attention span. Um, all right, so you 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 left Gitmo. How long were you? How long were you there? Was that your last tour? Six, or nah, man, I was only there six months. That was early on. That was 2002, January 2002 okay. to middle of June. Um, oh, I just happened to be one of the first handful of people there on day one. Okay. Um, so our company, we're the only active duty MP company out of Fort Hood at the time. Um, so we get the call. Basically, I had been back to Egypt for like six weeks. I volunteered. I thought I was going to go to Afghanistan. I volunteered for the deployment. Yeah. You, you remember at the time you were in at the same time, right? Like 2002, 2001. Uh, I came uh, in in 02, January of 02. Okay, yeah, so about the time we did, so yeah. right after 9-11 had just happened, you know, shit, everybody was ready to go to war. Like, fuck it, yeah, let's go. Right, right. And uh, I was going to Afghanistan, they realized I was going to Gitmo a few days later, and I was moved companies or whatever, and um, was there. And two days later, the first detainees arrived, and I happened to be first handful of soldiers that were there, escorting, um, escorted the second guy off the bus, and were there for the first six months, and the rest of the units there were reserve units that showed up a few weeks later, about six weeks later. But um, it was yeah, it was definitely weird because at the time before we left Fort Hood, um, we were straight told that there was no uh, no SOPs or the Geneva Convention wasn't in effect. Um, yeah, that weird this time. hadn't been yeah this hadn't been done before, you know, because yeah. they weren't prisoners of war; they were just detainees. Right, yeah, it was weird. How'd you feel about that? Was yeah, that at the fucking time? I didn't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, I when you were I young, mean, like, and to be and to be fucking honest, man, like um. I guess when a lot of people get to know me, especially the guys I've been on Twitter, like people automatically think because I've said one thing that I'm just like really far left or I'm really, I'm really right. not. It's just like um, some of the shit that went there was fucked up, but do, do I disagree with, I mean, shit, something had to be done. Right. But the way we went about it, it was wrong, but um, I didn't really have a lot of sympathy for people. No, back then I, the same. Cause I went to Iraq and when I was, I was 22, I turned 23 over there. And same, same. Yeah. You just, you don't think, like I, cause that's, it's a great point you bring up. Cause now, you know, we sit here and think about, you know, second, third order effects, all that shit. What do you do yeah. and how does that affect? But in that moment, especially when you're that young, I mean, I couldn't even imagine what I would have been like if I was fucking 17 or 18, I'd have been even dumber. Right. But just in that moment, you don't take the time to even think about the next day, let alone 
you know, yeah, how, man, does this, how does this look? And especially too, you know, man, you just, I mean, I can remember being at forehead getting dressed for PT and watching the tower get hit. Like I, I, I can remember like yesterday I was putting my boots on and we didn't have cable in my room, but you know, I shared the bathroom and the guy opened, he's like, Hey, y'all need to come check out the TV. And then, um, dude, 45 minutes later, we're, we're at the, I was at the East gate at Fort hood and we were there for 24 hours searching every car coming in. That's and then, um, you know, you're pissed off. Uh, then you're told you're going here to babysit a bunch of fucking terrorists. Yeah. And, um, dude, and you think, and you're first, I'm pissed off that I'm there. I'm not going to Afghanistan. Right. Cause you know, where you want to go, you, you, you want to yeah. go. And, um, dude, and I really thought hundred percent everybody there was guilty as hell. And we were told every day, like these guys would kill us and shit. Like, and, and we know, this is a front line like what we get what intel we can get from these guys is going to stop the next attack or whatever so it's like i don't care what, do you, what we do or how how it happens do you know of anything that you got from them if it impacted no clue over, i mean clue. just from reports of that's come out over the years of not a whole lot's come out from it you know um a lot of people were bought for bounties and stuff like that you know kind of like you remember early on in iraq how the neighbor would turn in the yeah, yeah, yeah. the it's guy he didn't like and you would right. take him down and put him in the fucking yeah. detention still yeah and it was like you know they'd get paid for it and a lot of that happened not were there badass guys that held a gimbal yeah you got guys like ksm they're still sitting here right, right, right and it's been what 20 years and they're just see that, nothing's been done that's kind of fucked up though don't you think oh yeah like like if that, they would have just fucking either not hey, dude just why'd you even bring him in right you know i've I, I, fuck it like just finish it I mean, with 20 years, or at the very least, if you had to put him in the federal court system, you would have done been done with him. He'd probably been executed by now. Yeah, I'm trying to think back on all the reasons why that, that they never did that. I think I remember, actually, it was the loudmouth dude we just mentioned, Hannity, was always making this case against it, from what I remember. I don't want to consider, I don't want to say something set in stone, like, yeah, he definitely was yeah. like against that. But I'm pretty sure he was one of the ones where I heard it from. And I thought his case, I'm trying to think of how he like to make it because he didn't want to make it seem like they were afforded constitutional rights if you tried yeah. them in the federal court system, which I get because they're not Americans. They weren't exactly, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's a very odd position for people in general to be in because I always try to look at it now at what what if the tables get turned or they're flipped? You know, I was yeah. having this conversation with someone a few weeks ago because I don't know how this sits with you, but just on the like private property to me, I feel like is a very important thing, whether, you know, it's, it's, it's ours or it's another country's yeah. or whatever. And I just, you know, what, you know, I, I think the first story I read was Germany seized one of those mega fucking yachts from some Russian oligarch, right? Yeah, I saw in that. Germany in a port. And I'm just thinking like, wow, how is that legal? Yeah. Well, because you don't like the Russian imperialism or whatever the fuck it is going on in ukraine got it okay you can't just and i get everyone's argument is like oh they're they support putin they do this okay maybe they do but at the same time that's still a fucking citizen that's not yeah, you're taking he's, he's, shit. Not, he's not a representative of the fucking putin army or some shit or yeah. whatever you're trying to like you're not hurting him by taking that man's fucking yacht he's still gonna do whatever the fuck he's doing yeah exactly so yeah i was just kind of like i was making that argument like hey this said uh, this could this sets a precedent, a, a bad one, because who's going to say that we're in the position to just snag people's shit forever? What if, what if those tables get turned and someone's like, all right, we'll just snag fucking Americans' property overseas? Yeah. Right? If you're in Germany or you have your property there or you bought and invested in property in another country like so many of these countries do, what's to stop them from repossessing it? 
Yeah, it goes both ways. Just like I, I thought about that too as I got older, like just the way we treated people there as well. If it was the tables were turned, yeah, you know, people here they'd be ready to, to fucking nuke other countries. And um, yeah, I mean, I I agree with you on that one. Yeah, I've I've, I've often wanted that shit the same. Yeah. So I guess that kind of so okay. So you finished that. You were in you you were in Gitmo for six months, and, and yeah. then you ended up going to Egypt and then Iraq or how they no nah, I went to Egypt uh first part of like right after 9-11 um I was on a uh physical security detail me and 12 other guys 11 other guys uh for okay. General Metz it was at a three-quarter hood at the time we we're supposed to go to Operation Bright Star then when 9-11 yeah, happened they kind of like nixed they yeah. kind of nixed Bright Star but we still went there and dude we stayed at the Hilton the whole time El, <laughs> El, downtown in Cairo um the part but that sucked was uh, after 9-11 we weren't allowed to go out but I mean, yeah. we stayed on a five-star resort, had restaurants, and whenever you went, I went. Do we wore BDUs the day we got there and the day we left for four months? So it was like it was like a great deployment. And then came back, and I was back about four weeks, five weeks, and then went to Cuba. Came back in June, and then um, February, early part of March of '03 is when we left for Iraq. So when you were in Cuba, did you get to actually do anything oh, outside yeah. of Gitmo, or is it fucking like we didn't leave like Guantanamo, but like the base was. We had gyms, and at the time, like the first month or two, we we're the only unit there. So, shit, you know, Gitmo was getting ready to be closed down before yeah. before that happened. So, like, man, we had a free range of the bowling alley, the, the gym. Uh, dude, we spent so much time. Like, I got my scuba diving license when I was there. Oh, I've never so done it since. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, isn't that weird? We drank in another drank country. Really? Okay. Yeah. So you really, yeah. Because I was gonna say, isn't it kind of weird to just like, hey, this is ours, but we're on this fucking island yeah. of a country that and then you know man you get to meet the, time the, the local people that work on the base and they yeah. would bring us you know like you know cuban rum and all kinds <laughs> of stuff from off you know and we'd pay for it and uh they had a tiki bar there and for like 250 dollars like we'd pitch in we could rent the tiki bar for like four hours a night or six hours a night and just shut it down and invite who we wanted and we had free rent of the bar so it was like those are good yeah, stories. That's what I want to yeah, hear. Dude. But it was a great deployment. We'd work eight to twelve hours a day once it was set up the first two months, and we worked five days a week and we we're off two days a week. That's the life so, right there. Yeah, That's dude. And bad. we're right there on the beach too. Like we yeah. could literally just walk out and be on the beach. So yeah. as far as that goes, like it wasn't horrible at all. We spent our time like water skiing, fishing, camping out on the on the islands. Like it was it wasn't bad at all. But no one from the Cuban government or anyone would try to fuck with y'all or no, but dude, we did have these dudes in our fucking unit that got just hammered one night. And uh we're out, they had this island you could go camp out and they got on their fucking boat and they ended up in Cuban waters. <laughs> and fucking mine and dude, they got escorted back and it became like a whole fucking situation. An incident, yeah. Yeah, dude, it was shit was hilarious because you know they're like, dude, we're going to fucking prison. <laughs> we're going <laughs> right just, here. We're gonna actually be in Gitmo now. Yeah, I can remember them talking <laughs> about like the uh base commander having to call the Cuban government apologize and all shit, dude. It was just it was just funny. I, I thought it was fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, you would at that point, but you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I <laughs> but I wasn't one of those guys either. Making so. that making that phone call is not gonna be so funny. No, they got escorted back, and they were talking about like these motherfuckers had fifty cows on their boats and shit. And I'm like, dude, you're in the Cuban waters. What the fuck? Yeah, I gotta imagine how that must feel. Cause I, I think back of that. Remember that fucking navy vessel that got boarded by the Iranians for a while? Yeah, and they all gave up. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's another story, I guess. We should track yeah. down one of those fuckers and see. Hey, what was the thought process? Why not just go? You know, whatever. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm off the end. I remember why seeing not, Why not just go like, out? You know, fuck it. I'm like, what a fucking picture to have out there. Seriously. Um, on your knees, your hands behind your head? I don't, I don't know. I don't think I could do it. I try to put myself in that position and I want to, I want to say I would do some certain things, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I would, I could put myself in that position. Cause you're not dude, even supposed well, to really. Dude, I grew up with like in, in Huntsville in Texas, right? Like a small okay. town. And we had a guy there when I was probably six, 14, 15 in Bosnia, him and a guy went on a, um, he was from the town. He graduated from the high school and the college. They went on top of a hill in Bosnia and got captured. What? And the pictures came out like, yeah, like, you know, he, they had just like went on their knees and gave up. But I remember them holding parades and shit for it. My dad's retired army. He's like, this dude's a fucking coward. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he just gave up. And I was like, yeah, and they were holding parades for this kid and everything. So uh, fuck that shit. Yeah, that's, dude. It was like fucking like mid 90s or some shit, early 90s. I'm going to have to go do some research. I wish yeah. I had a producer. I'd, I'd tell my cat over here that's asleep and be like, hey, Google that shit that fucking cats use. So when did you go to Iraq? Uh, 2003, man. Uh, March of 03, and I left March of 04. Oh, shit. We overlapped. Yeah. Um, Where were you at? Shit, man. We started off in coming up. And we, we spent some time, like, well, um, coming up, we spent a little time in Anajaf, then Baghdad when it first was early on. That's Biop. We were part yeah, of, whole, part of Biop. Then we went to Crit and uh, Mosul, a little bit of Mosul, but basically to create Samara area, Balad, right in that triangle at the time. Yeah, you got to see the whole kind. Good for you. Yeah, but the first few, <laughs> but the first three weeks or so, we spent a lot of time at Biop. We were running, uh, like, you remember when Runsfeld came? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did Yeah, that's when that, 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 that specialist spoke up about the fucking armor on the Humvees and shit. Yeah, when he first came, like, we we did his escort. Like, I was on his, oh, really? um, oh, cool. yeah, I was his uh, advanced vehicle. We had the Secret Service with us. Um. And they were pissed, man. I'll never forget the guys getting off. And he, would, he wouldn't wear a vest. And he yeah. ran with his window down. And he wanted an MP5. And we had to go to – we went downtown to uh, – Wait, Rumsfeld wanted an MP5? Yeah, he had an MP5. <laughs> and they, and, I, and so we were, awesome. the, we were the, uh, the lead vehicle. So we – the advanced vehicle. So we went in front, right? And when Humvee was just me, um, my squad leader, platoon sergeant, and the Secret Service agent was in charge. He just talked so much shit about him, like – Man, if he gets fucking shot, it's on him. He don't want to listen to us. He's like, he's rolling with his window down, no vest on, MP5 in his hand, like, fuck him. And um, we went to uh, Interior Health or the Red Red Cross building downtown Baghdad. Yeah. And uh, dude, we got lit up coming down there. And they said he oh. put that window up so fucking fast. <laughs> and we had these JTAC guys with us that just called in fire. But, like, um, yeah, it was, it was funny just to hear them talk shit about him. And that's the second time I had met him. I met him at Cuba, too. He coined me, and then he coined me there, too. How was it? Did you... Did you... What kind of body dude, he was you? fucking like you see him on TV, all this shit. People talk about him, but he was just like a, like uh, this, a you know, just a regular dude, you know, like yeah. thanks for your service, kind of like talk to us, and like when I met Bush too, uh, uh, Junior, when I when I was at Hood, we used to go down to uh, San Antonio, and uh, when he used to go down to the ranch, and we'd yeah. have to watch Air Force One for the week while he was at the ranch, and he'd always talk to us when he got there, and he would talk to us when he left, and he was fucking just chill like just he would stop and talk to us for an hour he'd come to the house we were at and just talk that's pretty cool how, how yeah, it was, you guys it puts oh, a little dude, more... it was fucking crazy like yeah. you just think because you know it's the fucking president he's just right. kind of like chill out like he's just talking and i remember one of the guys he was just like oh y'all could ask me anything you want and the guy in mobile tune was like man do you have a playstation or xbox on that <laughs> of course one dude and then he's like man you know i'm a little busy i don't have time to be playing video games and i was like man the fact he even know those were video games like, yeah Low credit my thing, but yeah, I think it'd it be funnier cool. if he'd be like, "Yeah, I fucking play Call of Duty every night. What's up?" Yeah, dude, I still have some um 
because they gave us tours from the Secret Service guys. They had Secret Service guys at the steps all the time. And we just did like the perimeter patrol around the thing. And they would let, give us tour, like took us on the plane. And dude, I still got like M&Ms from the Air Force One and the <laughs> menus and shit. You know, you just keep that shit over the years. It's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I still see the shit in there, yeah. That's cool, man. Well, you probably, now, now it'd been good to ask him what his favorite bourbon was. That'd be a good yeah, one. No right? shit, yeah, or, Texan, right? He's from Texas, right? Or is he from, wait. Yeah, I hope he's not drinking the Texas bourbon, dude. I've never, other than Garrison Brothers, which is decent, there's no good Texas bourbon. I'm glad you said that because you know the first. Yeah, I've tried everything, dude, and it's fucking. I've spent so much money on bullshit bourbon, like because you know you want to try this, and it's like yeah, it's like a nine month old bourbon, or it's like you know people in Texas think because it's hotter that it could age it 21 months or 22 months, and it's fucking fine, dude. It's not, man. It's not shit. shit work. You need the cold to pull it back out of the fucking barrel, dude. That's why I shit did. for Kentucky and that yeah. area is so much better. Like you can tell a huge difference. Oh yeah. So the first barrel I ever had of Garrison Brothers, it was a bottle from 2016. And I remember the first time I got it, I was like, hey, why is this shit so fucking expensive? Like what's so goddamn special about it? Right. And I remember trying it and I was like, wow, this is actually really fucking good. I thought that bottle was very good. And then the second time I had it was literally probably four years later. I was in a bar in Vegas and it tasted like fucking cereal grains to me. Like it tasted really young and just I felt yeah. like I was drinking some fucking alcoholic cereal and i hated it i don't like i don't like grain forward bourbon i don't like taste yeah. that stuff to me all that tells me is that it's really young that, that's really that's and then i had a i went to a balconies i think that's it a, a taste oh, yeah. of balconies a couple of years back before this covid shit shut our bourbon group down and none of the balcony stuff i like i hated all of dude it. i'm not about people love that shit down here i don't know why they, they, they probably haven't really... had anything else the only the only Garrison Brothers that I don't mind, but it's fucking expensive, is the, the Balharain one. You know the you know the one I'm talking about. It's the only one I haven't tried because I never see it. Dude, it's hundred and seventy five dollars a fucking bottle. Um, I do have one, dude. I'm just fucking, but it's like if something good happens or something, you know, it's like this your celebration bottle. Yeah, it's fucking good. The other shit I can't stand. Like it's too young or it's too. Yeah. But it's not worth one hundred seventy five dollars. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. Like, I like they're not even. It's not even. I don't even consider them a craft distiller at this point. No. Like, they're charging way too much for something that's not really. Uh, it's not like a superior product at all, and that's no. why I laugh because stuff like this, right? And I get it. The distilleries that we like, Buffalo Trace has been around since the fucking three hundred goddamn years almost. But the stuff that they produce, like this. Oh, that shit it, is fucking. So when I was yeah. at the distillery, this was in the this was in the the shop yeah right now gift shop we know it always marks it up but even in the gift shop i think it was only like 47 it's still worth 47 right? that's bucks. what it should be right but goes for 180 i go to gareth yeah it goes for you know i got this actually actually i got this at bounty hunter the same place that got that single barrel and i got it for 100 there right? which is about as much as i'd spend on this stuff because it's good but any of the any of the buffalo trace stuff once you get over 100 bucks yeah, I'm only doing that for like Stag Junior or any of those allocated shit that you'll never see for less than five, six hundred and up. Oh, that's um, ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah. So, uh, so you're from Texas, dude? I've lived here since I was 11. I grew up at. I was born at Fort Benning, then I grew up at Fort Knox. I was 10, 11. Then oh, my so dad, Kentucky. We dude. moved down here. Yeah. So when was I was dad 11, a bourbon, dude. Was your dad into bourbon when he no, was at Knox? I didn't get into it until about six years ago, five years ago. Yeah. And literally, man, I was with some buddies. And I was like, I didn't really drink. I still don't drink a whole lot. I'm a, I'm a cow, but dude, I just got addicted to like the stories in the bourbon. Then I really grew to like it. Yeah. Um, we're out drinking one night and a buddy of mine had drank. He got a flight. We were at like a whiskey cakes or somewhere. And he had uh, Old Forester 1920. That's and, uh, he's delicious. All, he's all like, 
man, take a sip of this. I took it and I was just like, what the fuck? I was like, man, it's, it's high proof, but it's, 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 it just tastes real good. And I bought a, I bought a whole pour of it. And uh, dude, then I went home and started looking it up where I could get a bottle. And next thing, I just went down the rabbit hole, man. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, so welcome. I'm glad you're in the and, the, and next thing I knew, like I'm going out and I'm like, you know, Googling what bottles to start a collection with. And it's just, you get in these groups and just go down a fucking rabbit hole. And um, dude, I tell people all the time, like, it's the bourbon's great, but like the people you meet, like the liquor store people you meet, yeah. like the owners, like the local people and the people that are in the groups, like, dude, they're just genuine. It's just like a good community to be a part of. And the stories of some of the barrels or the bottles that are true, because <laughs> we were talking about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. How so much fucking <laughs> bullshit great. is like <laughs> yeah, the ones that are true, right? Like, um, yeah. it's pretty cool in the history of it. Like, have you ever seen that documentary on Hulu called Neat? Yeah, I watched that a few years ago. Needs yeah, it's pretty, cool. pretty fucking good. good. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, the history of it, yeah, and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it just, I don't know, man. The stories behind it, it just, like, I remember, like, you know, fuck, dude, you get a bunch <clears> of boys <throat> together, crack a bottle of bourbon, and just fucking hang out. That's what we did. Uh, I was up for training up in Mount Shasta last week. And, uh, yeah, I bought a bottle of it because, you know, there's one liquor store in the whole town. And he's got some of the allocated stuff, but it's in his little – He's displaying it, yeah. but it's it's in a, it's my private collection that I'm displaying, so I won't sell it to you type of stuff. Yeah. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Cause, but anyway, I just picked up the fucking bottle of Buffalo Trace because you can't go wrong with it. And just six of us sat around a couple hours. That bottle was gone and, you know, passed yeah, out. But we had great stories, great times. And so my favorite story, I don't, I don't know if you've heard this one. Right? Have you done the bourbon trail at all in Kentucky? No, dude, that's like okay. the fucking thing I want to do, though. Yeah, I, I would highly recommend that. The problem is, man, you need to spend some time there because it's not like going to see some wineries where you can do three or four yeah. in a day, maybe four, usually three. Two distilleries, man, like you're going to get and they're so far apart, like none of them are nearby. Yeah. Like You can't walk to the next one like you can with fucking wineries out here in Napa. But so anyway, like apparently I can't remember which one it was. I don't know if Willett told me this story or if it was Jim Beam. But anyway, so when they first started, you know, they, they, they would ship the bourbon down the, the fucking river. Is it the Louisville river? Whatever the fuck it is. Like, what, whatever river that is. <laughs> I'm totally brain blanking here. So they would ship the stuff down from Louisville on the river down to new Orleans. And, you know, they'd had these bandits waiting for them to, to come back up oh, along shit. the route to go back up. Cause they're at the time the steam engine hadn't been developed or the steam ferries or whatever haven't been developed yet to go back upstream. So they had to take it by cart, whatever money they sold the bourbon for, they had to take it up by horse and carriage all the way back up into Kentucky. So bandits would wait on the trail and essentially rob them. Right. So what they figured out was we needed faster horses. So that's the theory apparently that breeding horses and thoroughbreds and racehorses oh, came from in Kentucky is they had to have horses fast enough to escape these fucking bandits before the steam engine was available or the steam ferry that would be able to take their straight back up the river. What fucking river is this? I feel like an idiot, man. I feel like I'm in so people listening to this are going to be like, who, how dumb is that guy? It's the Kentucky river, whatever river. You see, but that's the kind of shit right there, man. That just the history of bourbon is like, American yeah, it's American history. history right? Yeah. You know, like fucking, you know, like old Forester, like 1920 was what medicinal fucking was a medicinal fucking whiskey. Yeah. yeah. And it's like fucking crazy. Like, I mean, like that shit's fucking history, bro. Like the Ohio you know, river. There we go. Oh, wow. I'm nuts, smart. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Buffalo trace was one of them, but there's, a, I think there was like six distilleries still producing today that were granted licenses for medicinal yeah. purposes during prohibition. That stuff's fucking cool. And then the whole bottle and bond act, I've probably told a million times on this fucking podcast, but that bourbon was the first thing to be regulated by Congress. Yeah, dude. Right? Like, fucking crazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
which is which is also pretty cool. So we just got this for our wedding, but this is this is some 19th century crystal from France. It's from the 1900s. Uh, I got a picture of it earlier, and I was like, "Wow, that looks cool. I'm gonna drink that, use that on the podcast." And I get home, and it, it, it's it's pretty tiny. It doesn't really fit much. Oh, wow. It worked. It's fucking dope. 1900 from France. Been through two world wars. Holy cool. fuck! Yeah. But now I need to fill something else up. All right. Wow, my cat is wrecked. Let's go into this guy. Um, That's actually like great for for the price. Just let Pickle know when he watches this that. That's what's great for 40 bucks. It's true because <laughs> not Larson. Larson's good, but it's not fucking awesome. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, I mean, no. Well, so I don't know what you think about Larceny, especially the barrel proof. I've I've never tasted any of the Larceny barrel proof I thought was good. I think it's I think it's rushed. I think it's very young tasting. And I think Heaven Hill just did it to say, hey, look, we have a barrel proof. Yeah, I just bought a bottle of C921, the newer one. Yeah. But I got it at, you know, that MSRP at straight at 55. That's why I bought it. Dude, that's not fucking, bad. Yeah, it is get decent, it. but right. like, yeah, it's nothing. Though, you know, that's my thing. I feel like they're taking away from their Elijah Craig stuff. That oh they yeah, put out for their barrel proof, and they're trying to like. What's well, all it, about now? Like, if you get on that release calendar, um, yeah, people are gonna go out and pay whatever. What's and it? I, I, yeah, it's just a gimmick instead of just yeah. It's just well, as you know, the prices go up and the demand is high, and yeah. people are gonna buy the yeah. you know the, the well, limited. So that's the shit. thing with the Elijah Craig, like so. Not even that long ago, Elijah Craig was a 12-year-old bourbon, right? Just the standard Elijah Craig was 12 years, was age-stated yep. on the actual bottle. And then, you know, started getting popular, started depleting the, the supply. They took the age statement off. They started blending barrels. And now you go back. If you have that barrel-proof one, you do have it. If you look on the side, that's a 12-year age-stated. So yeah. the only one Elijah Craig still has is 12 years is their barrel-proof. It's yep. not their normal one. Their regular entry flagship or whatever anymore. Dude, I got a bottle of the barrel proof in there too. I just bought two when I bought the large. Yeah, not... Have you had the toasted barrel yet? Dude, no, because I refuse to pay fucking $150 a bottle down here. Oh, no, yeah, definitely. I got it. I was lucky. Uh, this, there's a store here in downtown Napa. I know the guy pretty well. When he gets it in, he'll give me that and the barrel proof for like 15 bucks over retail. So I think I got the toasted That's barrel. That's not bad like, at all, yeah. Yeah, it was like 75 two years ago. And it's, it's very, very good, but... Here's what people don't get, right? So pull this guy up here. The toasted oh, the barrel. The toast, yeah, well, the toasted barrel has become a big gimmick, right? Where you take it out and you put it into a new toasted barrel to do a little finishing, right? Well, the first fuckers to really do it is the wood yeah. for double oak. Double oak, yeah. For fucking 45 bucks, you're not gonna find stuff that's much better than this. And nah, dude. all those toasted barrels and all those double oak barrels are all going for double and triple this. And dude, this you can find anywhere. Those everywhere. You can find this in fucking Target. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my point. Man. It's like the bourbon industry has created so many gimmicks from the, the fucking well, obviously Blanton's was the first single barrel ever, right? Back in I think 87 oh, or something. And, I, and I've I've overpaid for so much Blanton's in the past. It's uh, fucking ridiculous. I've been so lucky with Blanton's. I don't even buy it anymore. Um, I just gave it away. I'm not a fan. Like, um, it's fine, had, but I think the regular Buffalo Trace is better. Just yeah. Have you ever it, had the John J. Bowman? I sent my brother a bottle. I've never tried it, though. Oh, it, dude, I think it's better Stuff than from Blanton's Virginia? for 40 bucks. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it's actually a Buffalo Trace product that they shipped to Virginia. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did so that. it's just, it, to me, it tastes better than Blanton's. And, it's, and you can order it straight off the website for $45. And get it really? Yeah, I'm going to check. There's one right down the street there at the store. But there's a grocery store right next to me that always – every it's been there since I've been here. I've been going there for two years. Uh, it's hard to get. You really got to time it. But they always get a shipment of Blanton's in, for, and they sell it for 63 
it just goes so oh, quick because people yeah. just you know it's the same group of people that show up every day thinking it's there or not right but i've been fortunate to get it twice there and i just give it away i gave it away for a fucking podcast thing a couple months ago um, but i think when you first get into bourbon blanton's is the one that you're trying to get into right like that's the big one you hear about like it's buffalo trace and fucking bland so you're paying like you know dude down here in texas you find a bottle for under 160 dollars it's it's crazy I think it's, Texas would be, but I guess, you know what, I guess it doesn't really matter because it's, it's all allocated, right? Who knows yeah. what state gets what. And so I was at Buffalo Trace December of 2020. And it, at the time they were going through this massive multi-billion dollar expansion and they're, they're, you know, every, I think it was every quarter they were building a brand new storage facility on top yeah. of this fucking hill behind the distillery. And they were essentially doubling production. Now, my only question with that is that's cool. You know, that's going to help supply, but is it going to taste the same, right? Because exactly. if you're on that property, every storage facility is a different material from brick to, you know, they've all got different climates in it. None of them are climate controlled. Some all got different some, humidity levels sun, in, yeah. all different light. Yeah. So I was just one, that was my question to the tour dude. I'm like, that's cool, but are you guys going to be able to re- replicate the flavors? And they're like, yeah, should be able to. And I'm like, should. I mean, you guys have been doing this for like 300 years almost, man. Like, I feel like we should have a better guess than just no. <laughs> but that'd be great if it does, especially if it catches up to supply. I don't know if it ever comes down. Who knows, man? People, people. Dude, I don't know. I think I think people buy it. And there's so many people, as you know, that just buy it to flip it. Yeah, I hate that. Like the other day, like, you know, even online, all these bots that buy the ship to flip it, like uh, Smoke Wagon had some kind of rare release the other day. I don't know if you saw that. And as soon as they released, all the bottles were gone to fucking bots and they put out a put out a thing and they just kicked all the orders back and ended up oh, doing really? Yeah, because they saw it was all bot dude, it was bought in like 10 seconds. Oh shit. It was like something like 500 bottles. Some, you know, the guy had some barrels he had put up and never, I don't know the whole deal. But anyways. Weird about yeah. Smoke Wagon is because I mean, I know they're based out of Vegas, but all the stuff they were selling early on is just sourced from MGP yeah you know so i don't know if they're making their own and offering it same with so fry ranch do you have you seen fry ranch yeah i have i haven't tried it yet though okay so we went to the distillery well we went to their tasting room slash restaurant in reno for our buddy's bachelor party a few years ago and the stuff's good but i just remember i'm like all right i don't get it it's 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 bourbon like it didn't there was nothing remarkable about it, nothing unique yeah that shit blew up over the last year especially out here so that's why i don't know how far it's gotten east of california and nevada but I mean, it's on every shelf. It's on every store, but I still just don't buy it. I don't know why. I, I, it's not on the shelf here, but no. you hear about you hear guys talk about it all the time because the whole stick is like what from grain to bottle, like they do yeah. everything right there. Um, yeah, I, I've never tried it, but you know, never bought it. I thought about buying a bottle offline for the thing just to have. Um, because I'm real bad about bottle. that shit. About yeah, and I always heard the tops real heavy too. You know, like you can just yeah. beat the shit out somebody with it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Probably but, do that with um, any bottle. I'm bad about buying bottles. Well, Taylor's probably a show. good feeding bottle. Beat them. Yeah. Like, I think the only you... smoke wagon that I don't mind is like the uncut unfiltered. It's pretty decent. Yeah. That's but the, like, I just don't want to spend the money on it. Yeah, 75 bucks for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's as honestly as what I've gotten into. Goes, like, have you have you have you tried the George Remus? Uh no, I haven't. That, I almost you know, that's picked actually, it up this past week. That's the MGP product. Like they yeah. started making their own and it's actually the bottle's ugly as fuck, but the <laughs> products are actually really good. Like it's tasteless, you know. MGP makes a ton of great stuff. It's just you won't know it because it's not no, yeah, because you, you might end up paying $30 for it. You might end up yeah. paying 120 for the same you have, product. 
you have to take a fucking risk and buy some. I'm trying to think of what I got back here. That's but the George Remus is better than this George Remus Special Reserve. Like I didn't like the Special Reserve, and it was ninety bucks compared to thirty-five. Yeah, but see, that's the other thing. So you make a, you bring up a good point. Like everyone gets enamored with the price point, man. It's no different yeah. than fucking wine. Some people think like, oh my god, I got a two hundred dollar bottle of wine. And then they try like a $30 bottle and they like that one better and they feel bad about that. It's like, don't feel bad about it. You like what you like. So buy no, exactly. what you like. like yeah, exactly. Just, just like we were talking about the other day on Twitter when we were going back and forth, picking about the Evan Williams. I was, mm-hmm. Matter of fact, dude, I was telling the guy at work two days ago after that. I'm like, dude, Evan Williams single barrel, what, $22? I was like, um, dude, it's $22. It's better than a lot of $100 bourbons. Shit, where'd my bottle go? Oh, wait, it's right here. I thought that was funny that you said so like this one? Yeah, dude. The bottle and bond fucking everywhere. Yeah, dude. Out here at least. And, and like this shit's delicious. I'll drink this every fucking day. I yeah, go through dude. tons of this stuff, man. I got so much crap back here at this point. I guess I think when new people come in, I'm not gonna lie, dude. I was the same way five years ago when I got in. It was like you see the price, I was hundred, it's gotta be fucking good. Yeah, right. And then, but, when, then yeah. when you really start doing your research, you're like, Nah, fuck that. The price doesn't matter. Like it's and that's all about- my issue with Garrison Brothers. That's why I'm, I'm like, oh, dude, I totally fucking agree. I'm not I buying eighty five bucks for every, for just the bottle. Like, especially if the last time I tasted it at a bar. Because that's my thing. At this point, I try to find stuff that I can taste at bars, and I'm very fortunate. I'm between Napa and San Francisco, and there's so many goddamn bars that have so much massive yeah. select. I can pretty much try everything for decent prices. So I try and take advantage of that and try new things whenever I go somewhere, but it's hard for me to spend more than 50 on something if I've never tasted it before. I just, I just, Dude, I do the point. same thing. I'll go down to like, we have a few bourbon bars, reserve one-on-one downtown. They have fucking everything. Whiskey kicks. Okay. I'm thinking about buying fucking new toasted, whatever. Let me go yeah. down here and spend $14 on a pour and, or a flight of it. And let me try it before I go look for the bottle or trade for it or whatever. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm glad I didn't fucking buy this shit for $60 or I dude, I bought a bottle the other day for six, no 55. It was Whitmire. You ever heard of Whitmire's bourbon? It's Whitmire. local. No, it's in no, Texas. Uh, uh. So it's the distillery was started by two Iraq vets, Marine guys. Right. So okay. that, just, that should have been my first clue. Um, <laughs> but, um, horse soldier yeah dude but, yeah so so i'm like all right let me try it and you know i heard some good review dude i fucking poured the bottle up like it was really? that bad yeah, yeah it was that bad it was just wow. like i always try to go local and it's like it always bites me in the ass i got a lot of horse soldier stuff it. that i've had has been really good again source from mgp yeah, exactly. it's very good it's very fucking good um i almost picked up three extra bottles of it when the other day when i was just hanging out at the fucking air force px because they sell it they have to sell it at retail there. And so their barrel proof one there is for 59 or no, 60, 69. And I find that oh, everywhere for like a hundred or more. I've never, I, that's the one, one of the few ones I've never tried. Oh, you should try that one. That one's actually, that's very good. Now I don't know I'll if it's that. the same support. It's been, it's been about two years. So I don't know what supply they're on now at this point. Cause you know how this works, right? Yeah. These, these craft labels come in, they source, and then they start making their own. And sometimes they can't match that flavor profile. Yeah. Talking changes, yeah. yeah. That's a big thing. That's very dead. And that's, that's what happened to Willet a few years back. So I don't know if you know Willet, they make uh, Noah's Mill and Roan's Creek. Yeah. I remember the first time I had Noah's Mill was when I was at Knox in 2016. And I thought that stuff was some of the best shit I ever had. And then I got it. My brother got it for me for uh, when I graduated with my master's, he sent me a bottle like two years later. And I was like, this is awful. 
Like it's awful. Like I, did, I felt bad. It's crazy so like, how you a couple yeah. years will change. And then yeah. like the very next year, I went to Willet for the first time to the distiller and the tour, and they told me like, hey, yeah, we've exhausted our supply, so we had to start sourcing stuff from MGP while we remake it. And I'm like, and that's yeah, pretty they, risky because Willet they don't makes a ton shit. of stuff. No, they don't list it all. And Willet thing, makes a like, ton of labels. Like people don't realize how much Willet makes. Yeah. From pure Kentucky to Kentucky Vantage, to like. Uh, Johnny Drum, like all this stuff that they make, you wouldn't even think it was Willet because you're just used to seeing that big, giant, pretty bottle, bottle that looks yeah, like, the vein, yeah. which is a great bottle. It's amazing. And like doing the tour, like I think it's really cool. They source all that glass. I think it's from a French just glass maker or something. But what's actually funny is if you ever see the Willet, you know, if you go into liquor stores and you see like the, the little 50 milliliter shot bottles, yep, their Willet shot bottle is a glass replica of that so it's it's just a little small fucking still it still looks like the big one and it's glass it's not like a plastic version of it it's oh, actually pretty cool yeah so you know you spend seven dollars for a shot but you still get that cool ass bottle it's actually pretty dope yeah it's fucking worth having on the shelf i think i just poured it out to be honest. yeah my buddy's got me a bottle of it for a softball tournament a couple couple months ago and it like the will it now just tastes like grass like I just can't, I can't do it. Can't fuck, yeah, I, I, can't, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever bought a bottle of that shit either. No? I've always heard, I've always heard bad things about it. Really? <laughs> it just depends. Yeah. Like none of them taste the same. And uh, but if you can get the one point seven five milliliter bottle, you can get that for like seventy, I think seventy five eighty. But just that big ass fucking bottle, you can do so much with just the bottle. Just don't. Do I see it every time I go to the liquor stores? <laughs> I make my rounds, whatever. I always fucking see it. It's. Funny. I'm like, man, that's a cool fucking bottle. But everybody fucking has told me like, don't fuck with it. So I can't tell you otherwise, but I'm bad. Like, you know, I'm dude, I'll go out and spend fucking, fucking $200 on shit just because the bottles look cool on the show. <laughs> like, I'm, like, like, I'm bad about that. Like until, until about a year or two ago, like I was, I was a problem with like people on the second day market. I would go out and cause I was looking for something and I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not, I'm no longer paying the prices. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not paying these prices anymore. Like I'm part of the problem. I don't want to be a part of the yeah. problem. I can't find it, <laughs> That's so. true. And then, like, once I got to know people at some of the local liquor stores, like, you know, the owners, and just fucking yeah. have, dude, I never went in there and asked for nothing, just strike up conversations, or, dude, then they'll fucking, and I remember the first time I, one, of the, one of the workers texted me, like, hey, we just got Old Forester single barrel, and, you know, it's the barrel pick. You want one? I'm like, that's yeah, awesome. how much? Yeah. Fucking 55, that's it. Come get out. I'm like, okay, dude, I'm done with second. Like, obviously, that's I'm doing cute. something that's right, like, yeah. It kind of sucks though with this three-tiered system that you kind of have to like you have to build that fucking relationship. But yeah. go back to what you said at the very beginning though, it's kind of cool because you talk about the community of those people. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's some assholes involved, right? That just try to rip people off. But when you build like legitimate relationships like that, I know a couple guys up in the Sacramento area when I used to live up there, which kind of sucks because it's just far enough for I don't want to go. Yeah, to take advantage of stuff, but man, I'll see some stuff get posted on the Instagram. And I'm like, fuck, I'm not gonna make it in time for it to get sold out because he always sells stuff at retail. Like yeah. that was the first time I ever had like the Weller, the 107, you know, 30 bucks. And now you won't find yeah. that anywhere under fucking 180. Like, if it, there's no reason to, like, that's the other thing. Like people fell into this. I don't even know. I wouldn't even say it's a myth, but just like this romanticized story of Weller and how it's just young Pappy. And I'm like, okay, now you've just ruined it for everybody who just wants to fucking bottle this. And like the Weller green label, the special reserve, oh, the special the $20 reserve. bottle. That fucking thing goes for 80 everywhere. If not, more. I don't know. I don't know what it is about here, man, but like I could find that shit any day of the week. Like I could just walk in and there'll be, a, there'll be the 1.75 or the fucking yeah. 750. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. What about do they Texas. sell it for there? 
$23 and $43 for the 1.75. Okay, that's how it should be. Because the 1.75 yeah. or the one, notice the 1.75 is right down the store at this store called Bows. And they have everything, but some of their shit's stupidly priced. And this is one of them. That goes for like, I think, no, it's the one liter. It goes for 87. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is about Texas, but like, you know how different regions, you know how it works. Yeah, you like that's find, just weird. I, I, you never have a problem here finding Buffalo Trace, Weller, the hard ones, probably Blands and Eagle Rare, but like Eagle Rare is like, um, it never used it's to okay. be there, man. Yeah, it never used yeah, to be. Yeah, but I, I, uh, fact, got I got that a barrel 10 on pick it. the other day, last yeah. week, I got a barrel pick from NASA Liquor, fucking 40 bucks. So I was like, so, mm. all right, check this out. So this was, I got three bottles of this. This is the last of my third. So this is a Knob Creek from our uh, barrel bourbon group from before COVID hit. This okay. is a 15, this is a 15 year old. This was barrel of January 16, 2004, bottled June 28, 2019. So it's a 15 year, the Knob Creek 15 year special warehouse pick called the third Amigo. Uh, you probably yeah. can't see that, but that's the floor and everything that it was picked from. What's funny is, no, that's funny. And sitting in front of a bottle of Larson barrel. Um, <laughs> the throw in. When you bought that, because that bottle was like 59 bucks, yeah. you bought three of them. But the throw-in was for every bottle you bought, you had to buy a bottle of Eagle Rare because they couldn't sell it. Mm, now it's the, the opposite. Day, we could just, <laughs> dude, I remember fucking, what, five years ago? Uh, what, what was it, five or six years ago when you could walk in and see George T. Stagg just sitting there? Yes. This. This shit. I very, Elmer T. Lee? Oh, dude, yeah. Which is like the most overhyped. <laughs> fucking in the yeah, fact that good, I have, but it's nothing to fucking i know guys go broke my, over like, bourbon group like here like the houston hounds like matter of fact we just had some barrel picks to just get sold last week and it's come funny that we just had that back and forth with pickle about the uh, larceny <laughs> but it was a larceny barrel pick and a, and a, and a sazerac rye yeah okay pick. i love sazerac um i love that which scene. was good but um yeah what, what the fuck was i was talking about before the elmer t lee Oh, yeah. I know guys that have spent, like, dude, sorry, I was $300 on a bottle. Oh, my God. No. Dude, it's a 30, what, 35, $30 bottle? Yeah, so, honestly, the first time I ever remember seeing it, and I still remember clear as day because I was texting my brother and my dad in our little chain. When I was at Knox in 2016, I went to the PX for the first, or the Class 6, and I was like, what the fuck is Elmer T. Lee? It was sitting there for 39 bucks. <clears throat> I'm like, what is this? And nobody, my brother and my dad, they hadn't heard of it. And I was like, all right, I'm not even going to bother. And now it just cracks me up because I literally clear as day remember it specifically because of the picture of Elmer T. Lee that's on the bottle on the inside of it as it comes into picture as it depletes. And then just the shape of the bottle. I just remembered it for some reason. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. That's the shit that used to be fucking 39 bucks at the damn PX. Come on, man. Dude, the first bottle I ever <laughs> bought was to a uh, local liquor store and they had like a uh, lottery. Yeah. And so I just do one lottery ticket and she picked me toward the end. It was like the only one left. So I was like, all right, $39. I was like, it was good for 30 bucks, but like it's not a $300 bourbon. Like, no, it's well, cool yeah. to have, but like, I'm not spending that. Shit. I, don't, I don't know what the hype was, but you know, everything Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace, crazy. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking it's, it's crazy. And the story of it, right? Like, yeah. as you saw in the neat documentary where I can't remember the guy's name talks about his, his father was best friends with Elmer T. Leave and they were in the war together and, yeah, and he was. I mean, the story's fucking great. Yeah, but the story's like, amazing. Three hundred dollars, great. Right, Sorry. and so that's what um, you go back to the George T. Stag you mentioned. Like that's my favorite. Like that is my literal all time favorite. Good, the the twenty eighteen to this day, like I can remember it. Like I, I can remember every bit of that. Just tasted like 
brown sugar covered marshmallows is what it tasted like, man. Like I loved it. And the last time I had it was in Vegas in June of 2020. And it was 35 bucks a shot. It was a great bar. Great, great, great price. Like you get that for 35 bucks a shot today anywhere. That's fucking awesome. Oh yeah. You're not doing I that. love that stuff. And then the runner up would probably be this old Forrester birthday bourbon from 2019. <sighs> birthday it was bourbon. just randomly, it was just randomly at a fucking steakhouse here in Napa. And I got it. I got the shot for 48 and I was like, all right, let's fucking do it. And it was so fucking good, but you can't yeah, find dude, those I, bottles I, anymore, man. Last week I had some birthday bourbon at the whiskey cakes with a buddy yeah. of mine. It was like $45 a pour. That's perfect. But I think they might hook this because we go like all the fucking time. <laughs> but dude, I saw a bottle the other day at a liquor store, $999 for birthday. Bourbon. Yeah. I was just about to say, if you see it below a thousand, you're lucky. And what's that? Yeah, it was $999.99. I was like, whoa, man, bro. Like what the fuck? The problem is though, dude, there are people that spend it. Uh, somebody's going to buy that bottle. There's a lot of people with money. Like, and when you really break it down, because I've just seen what, uh, you know, living in Napa and her being a oh, partner yeah. in a late, like I've seen, like, that's nothing when it comes to wine. Oh, I bet. Not, I, like I, a thousand bucks for wine. That's nothing for one bottle. That's uh, nothing. But that's what's nuts about wine. You get three, maybe four glasses out of a bottle of wine with bourbon. You get 17 shots, give or take. Yeah, right? exactly. So your, your return on investment is a lot higher on bourbon. But still, you think about these dudes who can drop five to ten grand on wine like it's nothing what do you think a seven eight hundred nine hundred dollar bottle of bourbon is for them that's they shit, man. we'll buy that shit too right especially yeah, if you're into I, it. I know one of the stores i go to all the time man um i was talking to the guy the other day i went there last week i go in there like once a week or every other week i'll do my little fucking rounds just to talk to people and see what's up yeah. um did he was telling they had a guy he did they did some special orders he dropped five grand on bourbon alone you can't compete. And, uh, but I mean, like they get the stuff, but they tell you, hey, you're going to pay this price. And they usually don't mark stuff up, but if they get you specialty, they're going to mark it up a little bit. But they're like, hey, man, this guy just dropped five grand. I'm like, exactly. Dude, I spent quite a bit on bourbon, but like, fucking, not like that shit. I'm not like that. Shit. No, no, not yet. That's my goal. Oh, That's yeah. Goal. But I, I do. Want, I don't want to be a part of the problem, things, like you said, though. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I really like got me addicted to was just like the the, the chase to find something at, yeah. at the retail price, right? Like to. Yep to go and talk to these people I'm like dude i found this bottle of uh like dude the other day uh, a guy hit me up one of the one of my guys in my, my group was like hey man that that specs right down the road from you i heard about specs he, he was like chain, um, huh? yeah but here's the thing yeah. they never get shit right like they don't really? ever get allocated bro. never what? oh wow i and, always uh, heard that was like the spot to check if you're texting me and um it is like you they, they really don't get a lot of allocate though it's like if you're looking for stuff that they you can, do they probably hide it so they just don't tell anybody they don't yeah, put it on so the he texts me he's like hey man that specs by your house they just got eh taylor small batch in he's like dude i'm telling you, there's one case there dude i went down and they had fucking it takes me five minutes to get there from the house and i was off <laughs> fucking there was four left dude i was able to i grabbed a bottle walked <laughs> out put it in the truck came back and grabbed another one because it was one per customer and um <laughs> fucking 39.99 i was like dude i'll pay it like yeah. all day so that's funny you say that because uh, when I was at a, some quarterly training two years ago up in Carson, Nevada, there's a Costco there. And I went in, I, I, my, I always go into Costco anywhere I'm at just because Costco gets some really good shit sometimes, oh, dude, especially yeah. from I Buffalo Trace. And Sam's Club here too. Yeah, see, I don't have a Sam's Club membership. I should probably start doing that too, just strictly for they bourbon. They just started, I don't hear, they just like totally expanded their whole bourbon line. Yeah, because they know they're losing money to Costco. like, yeah. <laughs> And they got the money to buy all that shit up, man. But yeah, Colonel Taylor was there at the time, but it was one per per customer. And I didn't yeah. realize it until I got to check out and I got four bottles for me and my buddies. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. But yeah, $39.99 sitting on the fucking shelf. Dude, and this Costco is here is like this place you get your EOR from. Like, it's almost like on EOR. Let me go to Costco. 
I don't know if people just don't go there here yet and they haven't realized that's where it's at. It's good. Or maybe it's, the, maybe it's the you're area in I live in. Yeah, you're in those yeah, groups. Yeah, dude, but I'm not going to lie, but like, groups. I don't, the Costco I go to, I don't post. I don't post. <laughs> I don't post anything either. I just look and see if it's close. Yeah, to dude, I was like, I'm afraid to post like where I get my Eagle Rare from, <laughs> like from right. that when I do, yeah. And then like some of the guys that I've met off fucking Twitter over the years too, like I'll send, you know, it's harder for them to find certain stuff in areas. Yeah, yeah, I'll I know. I'll pick this up yeah. for 25 and I'll send it out that way or whatever. Yeah. I had a, he's, I've been waiting for him to send it. I hope he doesn't listen to this because he's been teasing me about it forever, but he's got that. So the Evan Williams, they sell a, a 12 year. Yeah. It's a red label, but they only sell it in the Louisville, downtown Louisville tasting distillery. You can find it online, but it's several hundred bucks and they sell it at the distillery for like 119, I think, or 109. It's, it's good really, it's very good but it's just one of those special things unless you go to the actual distillery in kentucky yeah. in louisville downtown to their tasting room uh they got like this massive like upside down hundred hundred foot bottle that looks like it's pouring bourbon down into these a single barrel. it's a really cool thing but yeah you'll never find that shit and then um this is my favorite and i've been collecting these fuckers i have my own little storage bunker in here but this shit has gone out the fucking roof over Dude, the it's crazy years. and then these that's the one bottle, one of the few ones I've never been able to get a hold of. Really? All right. Yeah, I refuse so, to. I refuse to pay three hundred, three hundred fifty dollars a bottle here for it. So it's on the shelf right down the street, right now at Val's for two ninety nine. Yeah. Stupid. But where I get mine now is the best place I can get it at this point, unless I can hit up my dude in Sacramento when he gets in. But it, it sells out so quickly. Is the so one of the the areas I cover is uh, Vallejo, and Vallejo is a really bad neighborhood area yeah. and uh there's this one liquor store in the, the 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 hood of the hoods and he knows me and my guys because we go in there all the time and he'll always sell it to me for 129 dude i'd pay that all that's day. about as good as he can get so i'll tell you what i'm gonna go tomorrow i'm gonna see if i can get one if i can get one i'll, I'll send it out to you my treat yeah, I'll, I'll pay that shit all day nah, you just, like, dude, send, me the, send me the shipping that's it I'll send i, I go to uh i go to a liquor store called ost old spanish trail you can look this shit up right it's probably like one of the worst areas of houston and you uh, they go. always, dude, they always got to go to the hood. I've been, I've been going for like the last 18 months. They open. Right. And uh, they always laugh when I come in there. They talk about hey, the white. They just call me the white dude. And uh, <laughs> so when I went, when I first started going in there, you know, I buying bourbon and whatever. And they had a lot of love a few years. You know, Maker's Mark come out with their wood finishing. Yeah. I had to go there. And that's where I was buying it from. You know, they're selling it for $70 a bottle. And the owner was like, man, what do you, you come in, you're always buying bourbon. I'm like, hey, man, this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> Dude, I'm never, he looked at me he's like, man, my, my people don't drink that shit. And he was <laughs> it's like, fine, I will, I'll buy it all. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but it's fucking crazy now, right? So now they're holding like whiskey tastings and shit on the weekend. I fucking love, that's like my favorite place to fucking go. See, but, um, the word's going to get always, out, man. The word is going to get yeah, out. Yeah, but he always, um, just make sure he, he knows your name and your number. So he always never forgets you. You were number but That's one. where I learned, man, a lot, like. Liquor stores have to buy a lot of bullshit to get the good shit, as you know. You know, right? Well, they have yeah. to buy like, I mean, fucking these little travel bottles of Jack Daniels or whatever to get you know Jack Daniels. But that's the thing. People think distilleries just make bourbon. No, those motherfuckers got to make vodka and gins oh, and all that yeah, shit. They dude. can sell immediately because bourbon doesn't come off the fucking still in bourbon. It's got to sit and age, and they got to pay yeah. taxes on that shit while it sits and ages. Like they, they're paying taxes on that stuff before they ever get to sell it. And that's why you've got seven million different types of vodka and gin. Because, right, like Fireball. You know who makes Fireball, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that's where, where you think Buffalo Trace gets a ton of their fucking money from. All this yeah. goddamn Fireball garbage. Fireball, yeah. It they just came out. So when I was at, I ain't going to lie. Like, I do not like vodka. 
I just don't. I don't. I don't like it in mixed drink. I don't like that. Nah, shit, I, right? I couldn't. Vodka is a young man's drink, dude. Like yeah. I used to drink that shit when I first got put in my camel pack and just walk around. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. I've done some dumber shit, but that's yeah. Cool. Um, but no. So we were at Buffalo Trace and we finally got to the time to do the tasting and. They make this Wheatley vodka they make. You've probably seen it at stores at this point. It's like a white label with blue letters. Um, it's 10 times filtered and it's made with, what do they make this shit with? They make it from corn, I believe. It's a corn or lemons. I don't fucking know, but it comes out and it's almost got this citrus taste to it. Yeah. Just by itself. It's actually really fucking good. I still won't buy it, but it's, really, it's actually really good vodka. Uh, but yeah, it's like, wow, you know, 10 times distilled. I'm like, that just seems like a lot of work. But yeah, yeah I mean, but yeah. So, yeah, but distilleries, they don't just sell fucking bourbon. And no, they got to fucking make money while they're good shit fucking ages. Yeah. Like so I was at a store the other day, man, and she was on the phone with one of the distributors or whoever. And she was like, they were trying to get her to buy like 10 cases of something at a certain price. And she was on the phone. And she was telling them, she was like, I'm not going to sell that. But she goes, then if I buy it, then I get these two. They were going to give her, if she bought these 10 cases, they're going to give her two cases of, uh, I can't even fucking remember. She goes, okay, it's $75 a bottle. I'm going to have to mark it up to 120 to even make any money or break even. Yeah. And she got off the phone. I was like, oh, hard day. She's like, I'm not paying that. She's like, I'm not going to mark up the prices, you know, 50% to, to, to make money. She's like, it's just, it's just ludicrous. And she's one of the places I like going to because if you walk in, she has more than one bottle on the shelf. I'm like, Hey, I've never had this own Granada 114. She has five yeah. bottles. So she'll, she'll open it. And oh, she's really? like, that's, let, cool, let's have man. A that's kind of like what wineries fucking, do. That's awesome. Let's have a fucking taste. Cause her yeah. whole thing is like, well, you're, you're, you're not going to buy it if you don't know. Right. So, um, yeah, dude. So I continue to go back and that's like one of the areas that she always do it in a, and I have to respect the fact that she gets like two bottles of Pappy every year, the 23 and the 10 year. Yeah. And instead of just doing a raffle or something, here's what she does. $10 a shot. Right. And then um, she donates all the money to a local veterans charity. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you got my business. <laughs> no, what the fuck? You know, what else are you going to do? That's cool. Um, yeah. So this is going to actually help. I don't know if you, I don't know if you follow Fred Minnick or not, but he's been posting. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's been posting a little bit about this, this house bill 500 that just passed. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so that's kind of a big thing because what? So when I say the three tiered system, for those of you who don't know, like a distillery, a producer of liquor, alcohol, whatever, they can't just sell it to you, right? That's like they have an MSRP, just like a fucking car has an MSRP when it comes from Ford or Chevy, right? However, it's got to go into the distributor from there, and then the distributor is going to sell it down to the third tier, which is your 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 actual retail store. All along the way. You're dealing with all kinds of fucking price hacks, markups, and all kinds of dumb shit, right? And that's why you can't just go to the distillery outside of the stuff that's at the gift shop and be like, hey, let me buy a barrel from you. You can't do it. You have to partner with a fucking a, a, a liquor store, for example, or a major retailer because they're able to do that. Well, what that bill is supposed to do is afford private groups in order to buy a single barrel, right? among other things, because yeah. what they were trying to do, you had all these other lobbyists on the other side trying to say, well, that bypasses all the fucking laws and yeah. essentially bypasses the three-tiered system. And they're like, yeah, that's what we fucking want to do because you guys are ruining no it, right? So no, that's a big piece of legislation because what's going to allow to, from what I can understand, it sounds like if you and I want to go partner up and go get our own fucking barrel from Buffalo Trace or yeah, fucking Wild Turkey, we can. 
Now, what we do with it from there, I guess that would kind of be up to us and off the books. But you can buy a fucking barrel. That's kind of a big fucking deal. Yeah, because they were trying to get rid of barrel picks pretty much. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's why they had to come up with this legislation. And like, Like, that's what people look for that are. Yeah, they want that. If stuff that they can't get, they want at least something unique. Right. And single barrels. And don't get me wrong. Like, this is what people need to understand. People have been mesmerized by the word single barrel. They think like, oh, my God. It could suck. Yeah, a single exactly. barrel, oh, yeah, you can't guarantee what... what's in that product. It's yeah. not like most bourbons that are blended, right? Because you blend to create a, yeah. flavor, a flavor profile. So if I buy a bottle of Wild Turkey 101 today and I buy another one two years later, I want it to taste the same. And yeah. for the most part, it will. A single barrel, I mean, you really have to kind of understand what you're tasting, but you can, they're not going to taste the same. Like these two fuckers right here, like I just did. Totally I'm different. drinking this one. Well, I was drinking this one before I poured the stag, but they don't definitely don't taste the same. No. Definitely not. No. That's why you find a liquor spot that has good single barrels and you just never fucking use them. Yeah. But that's another thing that's fairly new, though. Like that's yeah. probably within the last two, three years where I've really seen stores and bourbon And then you got groups like restaurants. we have here, like yeah. the Houston Hounds. Like, we'll, we'll get these, you know, you get the samples or whatever, and the guys will go through, okay. It's fucking cool. Yeah, it, dude. Like we just had the Sazerac Rye and the fucking Larceny. Oh, like, cool. like the, the group voted and picked these, right? And yeah. then you get like you know like fifty cases or twenty cases. I think we got. Dude, people were lined up Saturday morning for the the liquor store open to buy. Like, it's just like fucking cool to think like the community picked these barrels. Yeah, that's and you want to get rid of that shit? Like, like fuck, man. Like, I don't think people realize too. Like, um, I, I know I've seen the comments because I've kind of like transitioned from really talking a lot of shit on Twitter. Like yeah. I've kind of got really bored, not bored, but like, kind of like I done with fall back into this once you get done. bored with it. Right. And so it's like more just me like posting bourbon over the last few months or whatever. And then people are like, man, you're just an alcoholic with all this bourbon in this collection. I'm like, dude, no, I really don't even drink that much. Right. It's, but it's the community so good. The history yeah. so good. I enjoy and I enjoy the taste. Like, so when I do drink, I actually enjoy the flavors of it. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, just stuff like those barrel picks getting together. Like the community is so good. Like it's, they're not alcoholics. That's what people don't realize. They're no, actually, no, like, no. They're yeah, like, it's, you know, it's, like it's really... somehow like you, bourbon's gotten that negative connotation, but no one cares about people who are in like this elite wine cult club. No, not at all. But bourbon is, <laughs> is you, know, like, you know, like yeah, that's cool. Though. I actually like that. So that's what I love about uh you were talking about the stories, right? So hold on, let me read this one before I get in the change topics here. Um yeah, this year. have you had Wyoming whiskey yet? No, I have not. All right. So Wyoming whiskey, I would highly recommend you go get their flagship. It's like 88 proof, but this one, so I was doing a little cross country trip back in December and I drove through Wyoming and I stopped in Cheyenne. So this one is called Wyoming whiskey hole in the wall. I don't know if that focus is okay. All right. Probably doesn't show up. Anyway, they only sell it in Wyoming. It's Wyoming exclusive, right? So it's 99 proof. And the, the, the fucking story is awesome. It's uh. The outlaw trail, well-traveled during this lawless times and saloons were sought out as the hubs of activity, legal or not. The hole in the wall, originally established as Skinner's Hideout, appropriated its name from the notorious mountain hideout to the east. And so they named the bourbon after this and they got a picture of the original fucking eight barrels of our finest whiskey in honor of our legendary past. And But this stuff's fucking delicious. But the regular yeah. one that you get, because they make like seven different bottles at this point. Just go try and find Wyoming whiskey. It's it's 88 proof. It's fucking delicious. They make really good shit up there. I wanted to go to the distillery, but that's like, it's like way up north in Wyoming. Not exactly on the. Dude, the I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a fucking summer off, or at least a month, and just go do the tours. And 
There's so That's many it. now, man. That's what's oh, great. Dude, like, I, I got to First off, like I said, you need like two weeks on the bourbon trail in Kentucky. I'm going to. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. Dude, I don't. And dude, my kids are older now in three years when they graduate college. Because I had kids young. I was having kids before I got out of high school. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I just started young, right? Like, yeah. um, dude, I don't. Like, I was telling some of the guys, like, you know, I've kind of set myself up when they graduate. Like, I don't have to work. And uh, I've kind of been fortunate in that and have a pretty good career and investments, yeah. whatever. Like, dude, I just plan to fucking travel and do that kind of shit. But um, that's, that, that's my life, goal. Bro. Yeah, that's my goal, man, <laughs> is just to go and just fucking do these distillery tours and just enjoy it. All right. So let me go back to you. You, you are, that was part of your, your bio. People may know you from talking or being an asshole on Twitter. Right. So how, how did you, yeah. How did you find yourself in some of this, this stolen valor shit? Right. And, and why is stolen valor important to people? Not you and me, right? We, we get it. We understand why it's important to us. Why is that important for people just listening at home who have no involvement with the military? don't even understand what the fuck that is. Why is that important? Oh man, I, I just think it's important because you know, um, I mean, they're taking valor from they're, they're still in the integrity and the valor from the people, you know, like guys that you know and I know that didn't make it home. You know, the guys that are physically wounded, or I'm sure you have mental scars as well. Like you're, you're still in valor from those guys, and uh, that's kind of the things that always kind of pissed me off. And and uh, and you, you hear these stories, and you get these guys that tell these stories, and they they solicit money, or you know, sometimes tens of hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars. I mean, like the, the chick that was running the, the veterans thing recently that just one of the biggest stolen valor cases ever. Um, basically, man, as far as Twitter goes, where, where I got involved when it like I've always with my background in law enforcement, like as far as like getting in people's backgrounds and stuff like background checks, I've always been really good at and have the tools to do it. But basically a few years ago, it's probably been four years. Whenever Trump first got elected, there was a guy on Twitter. This is where it started with me with stolen valor on Twitter um progressive guy um and a lot of you know a lot of people would say i'm really progressive when in fact i'm not as progressive as people think but anyways he was trying to start this uh million veteran march against okay. trump in dc i don't know if you remember yeah. he yeah, had this hashtag yeah and um dude so i dm the guy and somebody dm had some questions about him and i was asking some questions and he was like i got two uh, national defense service medals two of them huh he's all like i'm a cold war vet like all my stuff's classified i was a gold gloves champion and i'm like okay so i start looking the gold gloves thing up and the dude had went in there as you know wikipedia you can see the ip when people uh, change it uh. so he changed it and then i knew his location and then dude <laughs> i found the, the the real gold glove champion and dude hit the guy up on facebook and had a conversation with him he's like nah you know, <laughs> We'll do it. And um, basically researched how to do FOIA requests and got the guys FOIA. And basically when I posted it and it was just me, that's how I ran into Red and T and and Pickle and everybody, like, I guess in the, yeah, that, that, you know, that, that little that group or whatever, using that hashtag. And they were like, who's this fucking liberal supposed to call out other liberals, which I was like, I'm really you know, whatever. And that's really how I got involved in it. Uh, was calling this guy out and he was taking money from people and the 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 gofundme got shut down and then kind of just went after that and i kind of got really good at the foia requests and found people at the offices that i could call or email and, and get the foia requests back faster and it just kind of just kind of took off to where, where it is now where i do it but like i said earlier man like twitter's kind of got like um i was going to delete twitter 
couple of weeks ago and I talked to like read about it and stuff and I had downloaded the archive I was just going to delete it and uh, move on or whatever but I'm like dude I got some threads on there that if people need to go back and look and yeah you're too big you're, you're too big now you gotta and it's like that. so i keep it on there and you if you notice i post maybe once a week and it's like yeah, bourbon, it's bourbon or just right. <laughs> like, <they're> talk, <laughs> it's like but some of that stolen valor shit right like it's like yeah um as you know some of the stuff that recently went on like you know some of your previous guests you've had on um deleted but yeah well dude i watched the whole thing obviously for obviously reasons but oh um, it's gone now i'm glad you saw it before <laughs> I, what it was before I ever said anything like that yeah. was one of those things that was one of those things too like dude I'm real big on about like uh, right is right wrong is wrong no matter mm -hmm. if dude like if me and you could be best friends but I know you're full of shit I'm gonna call you out right, right. dude my son could lie about certain and I'm gonna go in there and beat his ass and fucking call him out right <laughs> um so when that happened and I had been looking into it for months because I knew something was up and I didn't tell nobody I didn't tell nobody you know that Dude, some of these guys like Red and Pickle and Teresa, like they've become like really good friends off Twitter. Like that's yeah. the thing. That's why I stay really honest to God. Like that's why I stay because of the friendships I met in that among that community. Like they're real friends. Like yeah. there's no doubt in my mind that I could text these people in the, right now and be like, I need this. And they'd be like, dude, we got it. Like we know who we know each other. We know what we do. Like we know everything about each other. Yeah. And, um, and uh, so when that happened, I knew there was going to be blowback from that little group of that community because he had yeah, this had thing. But, but, <laughs> but, but, here, but here you go. Like, I have this proof. I'm going to call you out no matter what. But, you know, when I did it, people were like, damn, why didn't you say nothing to us? And it was just like, you know, I, I didn't want to get you involved. They have to pick sides. You know, at the end of the day, you throw it out there and you decide what you want to do with it. But um, yeah, that's how I got involved with it. And that's how I really do. That's really how I met everybody. And it just kind of like from when there and we just, you know, I've always talked shit. Now I just had a group to talk shit with for the last few years. So yeah, that's great. I think that's how, <clears throat> I mean, that's the same way. I mean, the red, you talk about, yeah, he's, he's, he's a great friend. Talk every oh, day. Fucking great dude, man. Like yeah. he would give you the shit off his fucking back. Dude. And recently, man, like I recently changed jobs and um, um, I am you know, not getting the job thing where, but like I, I reached out to him and asked, you know, his, his opinion on some of the stuff, um, you know, some of the stuff he's had to go on, like, you know, dude, you know, about the shit with the stolen valor shit, people going, yeah. going after people in their lives. And we've all been there for each other. Um, but dude, the, you know, a few years ago, like when I, when I met these guys, um, dude, I, I went through like a pretty, I was going through a pretty dark time and, um, I was pretty open with it on Twitter just because I feel like, you know, if I if I can put it out there and somebody else sees it, maybe it gets help. Like I went through a whole inpatient thing. I went through a thing called like the Rover program, which was a 30 day inpatient thing. You're not committed, but you, you voluntarily go. Right. Like it's yeah. 30 days for guys, Iraq and Afghanistan veterans. Dude, every time I got my phone three days a fucking week, Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. Um, dude, I always had messages and DMs and texts from like Teresa fucking red. Dude, they were always do these guys at the time. They didn't fucking really know me. Yeah. they just checking. But they were fucking yeah. there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, they didn't dudes, fucking... Man. Yeah, they're fucking good dudes. It's like, so I'm not... Teresa's yeah. the last one I'd like to piss off. I think she's the worst. Oh, she's dude, but you know, when I read her story, like, I'm gonna be... Yeah, this just, I'm just gonna be honest, man. Like, when I read her story about the opioid thing, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever read it. I think so, a little bit. Like, she was addicted. Like, she yeah. got hurt in the military, at right? Open, right? Like, dude, I, when I went to the, yeah. first to the VA, man, like, they just peeled me up. Like, so for 10 years, I spent... I'm not even kidding you, um... Eight to ten pills of the antidepressants, anxiety medication, dude. I was just doped up, and um, so I went to this program and I read that and I was like, man, it really hit home with me. So I went to that program, man, and um, 
the first two days I was in this program, they started giving us some other medication. There was 10 of us in there. So it was only 10 people in this program. And um, so every other month they had 10 people come in and they started giving us some weird medication, all of us. And we were sitting in the day room one time talking about it. And um, one of the nurses, I was like, hey, what are they giving us? She gave me the name of, dude, I got my phone that night. Dude, I, Teresa, I hit her up in DMs. What is this? And she went back, she sent me the whole thing. She's like, you don't need to take this. It was uh, for bipolar. Mm. It was a mood altering thing. And none of us were fucking bipolar, right? Like we're just, so I, I refuse to take medications. And then the next guy refused. And the next, well, anyways, they end up changing the doctor. And the guy's like, what do you want to do? I was like, listen, he goes to my medication list. He goes, you're not supposed to mix this or this or this or that. He's like, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't want to be on this shit. So dude, I went cold turkey off that shit. I had a roommate that was a heroin addict that had been clean for eight months. About three days into the withdrawals, he looked at me and goes, Brandon, like, your withdrawals are worth mine. And I was a fucking heroin addict. What? That's... Yeah. But Teresa, like, she... When I had my phone, bro, like, she was always there. And um, that shit, like, probably, like, probably changed my whole life. Like, dude, that shit, all that antidepressants I've been on 10 years, did like, um, dude, they had to put so much weight on me, bro. Like, yeah, that's another thing, like, um, like, she knows, like, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of previous, like, dude... I was probably close to like 380. I've lost like 180 pounds in the last 18 months. Fuck, what? Yeah, but like, dude, I never really post any fucking pictures yeah. other than like here. Just but like, you go back the other day where you're 59, right? Happy birthday. That's awesome. Yeah, 59. <laughs> yeah. Dude, if you notice every time I post a picture, I up the age, right? Like, bro, like I'll have to send you, I'll send you fucking like, dude, my face was so bloated and shit, but it was from the medication. But dude, this is true story, man. Like, um, so I was about through two and a half weeks into the program, about 10 days from off medication. And, you get your little fucking one hour uh, break or like fresh air walk. And I was walking around the nurse, dude. And it was like fucking blinders came off. Like I got, I had peripheral vision for the first time in like 12 years. And like, I, and it, I always say it's like the grass was greener and shit, but like, dude, it was like somebody just took the blinders off me. And it was like, cause I was off all that shit. And it fucking changed my life is you know, attitudes better. It's improved my, you know, work shit or, uh you know relationships you know it's not like i was a bad guy but like yeah. um i was now i'm like shit i'm going out doing shit hanging up i don't feel like a fucking zombie anymore but like to go back like dude all these dudes they didn't fucking know me but they were there for me the whole time and um you know shit our relationships kind of just grew from there and those these guys will be friends and yeah forever dude i could delete twitter tomorrow and we're, we're still in contact yeah but, don't but don't do my that. whole no i'm not but my whole thing was like <laughs> When I was going to do it, then I see somebody talking shit to Pickle or, or fucking trees. Or, like, nah, man, I got to get involved in this shit. You know, like, you're messing with one of my boys. So, like. Fucking Pickle brings it all on himself half dude, the time, though. You know that. I love that fucking dude. Like, he, he's, <laughs> he's, a good he's dude. all fucking tough, right? Like, yeah. you know, and I'm proud of him for getting rid of that list that he has over the last few years. But, <laughs> but um, dude, he talks all hard. But then when he talks to one-on-one, like, he's, he's, a, he's a fucking genuine dude. Yeah. No, and there's no doubt. Like, dude, he lives, he's at four. He's, like, two and hours from me right like yeah. um dude like yeah they're all fucking good dudes man so um and it, like my thing at the end of the day when it go back to the soul and the other thing is just like somewhat integrity thing man i think it pisses me off more when guys have served and then you lie because man you then you know what it's all about right like you know like that camaraderie or, or the the sacrifices people have made like i don't go out here act like i'm a fucking war hero like or shit right. like that but like you want to talk shit like i'll post some shit and then fucking like just like all that shit with that dude from fucking maryland i'm not he don't even deserve to speak his fucking name like fucking you talk all this shit but post something that says you did anything 
And, you know, they just all go fucking silent. So, yeah, it shit just irritates me, man. Because you see guys like, you know, you got guys like, like some of the friends we have, we know all 20, dude, some of these dudes are legitimate badass people. Yeah. I mean, and they're fucking humble like, as dude, shit, right? That's like, what I don't understand. I think I may have talked about this before, but it's like, why do people get on Twitter, social media, whatever, and try to pretend that they're like Green Berets or fucking SEALs or some shit? Like, why don't you just be like, yeah, man, I served 20 years as a fucking cook. People be like, oh, cool, man. Thank you for your service, bro. Yeah, dude, no, and no the, one would say a fucking thing. Because at the end of the day, like, I don't know what it act- is. Because <laughs> what, dude, like I was a fucking MP. Like, <laughs> like who the fuck likes the MPs, right? Like, uh, <laughs> but like at the end of the day, you're all part of the big picture, right? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like without one of the, you don't, you know, without the fucking cook and the, without the <laughs> Intel guy and without the fucking, I don't know what MPs really do other than like, <laughs> but like nobody really fucking works and like you know when you talk to the guys that are you know the tier one guy and, that, and that's their philosophy they're the most humble people you'll ever fucking meet dude. yeah exactly. and you've had some interviews some badass fucking people dude yeah and you know who i'm talking about that worked for all ages and you would never know unless you got to know them right and they the, the and, they, and they let you fucking in like, yeah, yeah. And that's my point and that's why i don't understand why people try to pretend like there's ve- you're trying to pretend to be part of the smallest community in the military. They all know each other. It, it, that's the other thing. Like you're, you're, if they don't know you, they know someone who does know you or exactly. would know you. Like, why? I don't understand that. It's like, and then all you do is open when they double down. That's what cracks me up. That's so why I don't know if you've seen this with your, the shit that you go after for Stolen Valor. No one ever like, is like, all right, you got me. They double down and triple down. And they just, well, keep- dude, I've always said there's like a fucking cycle, right? It's always like, Oh, my shit's classified or you're, or you're lying. You hacked me. I'm going to fucking sue you. Um, Hold on. Before like, you go any further, if anyone, if, if you are, I'm going to look right at the camera. If you are ever in a conversation with someone who claims to be a military veteran and they say their stuff is classified, that's what we call a red flag. Dude, 100%. <laughs> because, dude, as you know, some of these guys that you've even had on here, like, they'll fucking tell you, like, yeah, my award was for this mission, but it doesn't state what mission it was for, but I still right. have the award on my DD-24. It's like... Yeah. It is fucking wild, dude. Or, or you have these guys that you know, you get their DD two fourteens from a FOIA request, and they have two months overseas. We have, oh. they claim three fucking wars, and they were blown up by IEDs and shit. It's like is that Dunlap? That shit pisses me off, man. Right? Like, because is that Dunlap dude still a thing? Oh, he, he, you know, he's just. I guess he's just one of those kind of How guys. He still have he's become a How? fucking big meme. How is he now, not man? homeless? I don't understand. He should have been evicted I, so many times. I don't know, man. Like you know, he. You know, you know, he fucking went after my kids, man. And um, he's a piece of shit. He's really called, bad. He's a bad their fucking school district. Fucking like, he's a you bad know, their person. fucking mom. Like, how's that dude not been punched in the face? Why? Where's Will Smith when you need him? No shit. <laughs> he slapped the shit out of Kevin Hart last night. That shit was Chris Rock, but, not Kevin Hart. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> same shit. Guess, right? Yeah, right. Same shit. Yeah. Same Chris shit. Rock, yeah. Um, Did you think it was like, real? I didn't think it was real until I saw. I didn't either. My first the, reaction the was cut, that's fake. The cut where he was screaming at him and his mic wasn't on. When he was like, keep my wife's mace, mouth out, or name out of your I mean, mouth. that dude was also just awarded 20 minutes after that the best actor award. So I don't really buy him being mad as like proof that he really hit him. I mean, dude, if you spent the last I need a better five years of your wife getting railed by other guys and you uh, like, keep up with it. See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to. Gonna... He got Jack Murphy for the last 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Inside baseball, Jack Murphy joke for those not on Twitter. Yeah, so he is. 
Yeah. Uh, see, I, I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that part of it alone. I just, I don't know. Like the, I watched it over and over and I just can't see that being real. Maybe it was, maybe it was. I fine. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it was real. I just feel like, but I saw a cut today, man. Where like when they went to commercial, that Denzel Washington and Bill Burr were trying to like calm him down. Well, I can see the audience thinking it was real. You see, I'm just saying, laughed. like you when remember, fucking Rock got Rock, smacked, he didn't he didn't react. He didn't do Chris shit. Rock was like, man, Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me, and everybody laughed. Yeah. And then they cut. But there, there there's a videos that where it shows like I think it was like the Chinese version where they didn't like, go yeah. cut away. Yeah. And you can see Bill Burr and Denzel Washington trying to calm him down, and he he starts screaming at him, "Hey, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth." And, and his mic wasn't on. I'm like, nah, I think this may be real. But, yeah, I mean, maybe it was. I just, my very first reaction. But he laughed. He, he fucking laughed. At yeah, the he did. He laughed at and, it first. And she got I mean, let's be honest. That's a, who the fuck knows what G.I. Jane is at this point? That movie came out in what, the 90s? Dude, I thought it was fucking hilarious when Shit. I saw it. Like, I remember what it was. I mean, you know, I've, I was a young man at the time. and No, I remember the movie. I just feel like we probably could have made you know, some more the, current movies at this point that we could. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I don't know. But that yeah. was like the first, that was like the first, what, female version of any kind of military movie, wasn't it? I think so. And then there was what, In the Army Now that came out afterwards? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one extreme to the next. I actually like G.I. Jane. I thought it was actually, it was cool. Movie. That was pretty it's fucking Fake cool, as fuck. Yeah. Totally unbelievable at the time. But where we are now, that's where we're headed. Oh, 100% true. Yeah. It's going to be if a If you G. look at it now, it's like, yeah. Real. It's going to be a G.I. Jane too. Yeah, shit. It's gonna be like a it's gonna be like a documentary. Did you see the meme like when the first you remember that first like like when the first week of the whole war in Ukraine, like there was that what was that pilot? The ghost of whatever of the ghost of Kaiq, yeah, Kiev or whatever, yeah. And then they showed like Netflix special coming this summer, and it's like a black female. <laughs> That's the ghost of Kiev. <laughs> whatever like dude, I don't I'm be honest with you, man. I don't I don't follow the fucking news and shit like I used to. Whatever came of that. From I don't know, like uh, there's there, there became a lot of pushback, like it wasn't real, and then oh, okay. there was kind of like some half-hearted acknowledgement that it doesn't matter if it's real, just go with it because it's inspiring the Ukrainians, and then it's just kind of disappeared. Like for the first four weeks of the war, I refused to watch. I don't watch the news. Period. I just don't. Dude, I quit, news. man. Like I don't it, watch it, American it, news. It so gets I so fucking four, frustrating. Yeah. It, it, our our news isn't news. It's entertaining. Just for your specific brand of politics, it's, it's entertainment for that one, right? So I, I would watch like France 24 and BBC World News and watch that because they at least still try to cover the news. And I don't know, man. Like I, I, got, I got yelled at this or yelled at for this earlier from my last week. Apparently, I was being insensitive about Ukraine. I'm not being insensitive about you in Ukraine. What I am saying is I'm not 100% buying what's going on <laughs> because... Two points of reference. When we took Mosul, that took nine months. Mm, yeah, fair point. Now, the, the defense minister or whoever in Ukraine is trying to say that there's been 13,000 fucking casualties or KIA yeah. of the Russians. Well, what were we in Iraq for? Like 11 years and we lost about 4,400 in 11 years. And you're trying to tell me in six weeks there's been 13,000? And you're going to try and tell me a lot of these are being covered up by, quote, mobile cre crematoriums? Come on. Where's the fucking smoke? Where's the... I watched, I watched fucking them. Dexter. Where's the ash? 
That's what I want to know. It's all propaganda, dude. It's like it's a huge propaganda one. I'm not I, saying there's not some shit going down in Ukraine. All nah. I'm saying is I couldn't go anywhere. You probably couldn't go anywhere, especially in 2003. You had fucking Rumsfeld with you, so I know you didn't have. You couldn't go anywhere without the only press for a right day. Though. It was only for a fucking day. So okay, but um, you know what? The fucking press was there, right? So where the fuck is the press now? Yeah, the press was embedded everywhere. We couldn't go anywhere without seeing a goddamn reporter and a fucking Kevlar on. Like, oh, where are we going today, man? Yeah. Like, yeah, we're not dude, going anywhere. We, we had a this is true dude early on we had the lady from us and um dude when the war first started like the initial evasion she was from lawn and garden <laughs> i'm not i'm not bo- awesome. i'm not bullshitting you right hey, that's so fucking like, awesome though how gangster uh, is that shit a chick from lawn and gardens dude, like she, yo i'm going to we, the invasion of iraq What's we got that? fucking ambushed and <laughs> we come out of it she goes back and we go back to buy up and um we used to always get gathered right there on the airfield she goes i need to get i need to go <laughs> she was yeah, she do. was fucking gone dude um yeah lawn and garden i was like where are you from she's like lawn and garden. i'm like Ooh, that's, that's awesome yeah dude it that's was just pretty too, legit yeah i'll never forget i'll never i have a, i have a picture of her somewhere we took a picture before she left but like um yeah dude it was fucking wild lawn and garden i'm like who the fuck y'all cover the war the but... thing is is like you know what and i get it and I, you know i get everyone's making this case like well most of that Russian army right now is conscripts and they're not good soldiers. I'm like, all right, I got that. But at the end of the day, we're talking about a division and a half. You're telling me is killed. Yeah. That's a lot of people. You can't just hide those fucking bodies. Okay. Yeah, they need to be fucking stacked. Or dude, you remember early on in the wars where there's bodies just on the streets. They're just burning. Yeah. Burning dude, yeah. fucking tanks and like, shit. I, I see I, all these tanks I, on the side of the road are blown up in Ukraine. I, I, may know. A, I haven't seen a body in one of them. I, where are they I at? Remember there, there, there may have been pictures I had seen, but I never was like have or anything like burnt bodies like yeah. on the side of the road. A, I got, yeah. I had a buddy. I don't have any of that stuff though. I just want to clarify for any kind so, of. So all right, that's a good point. So maybe someone may have had a a uh, a scan. I don't want to get Eddie Gallagher or anything like that. Yeah, maybe, maybe there's a maybe there's a disc of pictures at one point I may have looked at. A disc. I like that. That's how you age yourself. I know. <laughs> Not a disc, but no, what are those fucking little like thumb drive? No, not the thumb drive, but the little CDs. The little fucking di- no, those little. Oh, I know what you're talking the about. SD like cards. Little, those yeah, SD cards, yeah. That may have had like pictures of burning bodies in Iraqi tanks, you know, like faces completely burnt, melted to the yeah. steel. Like you don't see any of that. You just see a bunch of blown up fucking tanks in Ukraine. Where are the fucking bodies? Yeah, dude, because you a know tank, when you're a young I know guy, this. You a, a tank fucking, has uh, a tank crew. It's not just some dude on a video remote controller like, yeah, I'm just riding in my tank through Ukraine. No, there's a crew inside that fucking thing. Yeah. I don't see anybody. I don't see any. I'm just saying. Where, I don't know what's going on. That. I just feel like there's a huge propaganda war and the Ukraine's really good at running it right now. And I honestly don't know what Russia's doing. Do you? Are you? Do you no, know? no fucking clue, dude. I haven't really been paying attention. It's like, um, I guess I'm just kind of tired of us getting involved I'm in shit that really involves us. I'm just worried about the mission creep. Because it's kind of what we always do. We just gradually find ourselves in something. Exactly. It's like, then what happens? You know, after, what, 20-something years of war, it's time to get back. Right? And I always had this joke when I was a young E2, E3, right? I always had this joke, like, I look back, I just started reading, like, I think I was in Kuwait waiting for the invasion to start. I think I was in Kuwait reading a bunch of military history, and I was like, man, it always seems like every 20 years we test equipment and tactics dude yeah and like now i'm like well holy shit i don't really want to fuck around and find out what russia especially if china enters the chat but 
we're about at that point where we need to get back to testing conventional tactics because we haven't done that shit in a while. We've been doing a lot of urban warfare and a lot of like mountainous shit in Afghanistan. And now it's yeah, a different, that's now a different we need fucking to, war. It is. I mean, then we've been used to like that shit. I don't think American public is ready for. We're, no, it's, for, fuck no. Not with the current military we have. No, we're no. not. I'm, we're not. It, I mean, ready it's for different. It. I had this conversation with my dad the other day, right? Like literally, we were talking about. Um, you know, every generation, you remember they talk about yeah. like how each generation gets weaker, right? Like when my dad went in in 1975, like he tells me a story how they they still fucking slap the shit out of him. Like, and then the next generation, whatever. But like, I can see it now. Like, I can see like how every generation, like the next generation is weak. Like now, like just get rid of the shit like the shark attack or, yeah. or it's like, man, that was, that wasn't a bad day. Like it was like a kind of like a rite of passage kind of thing. Like I. I well, you, well, you, you were a drill sergeant. I was, well, no, I mean, I, we still did the shark attack then, but I, and I, I waited because I just one of these people I just put in. She, she just graduated basic training this past weekend, and I was like, you need to tell me what this is about because I did read about what they were replacing the shark attack with. I thought, and conceptually, could be cool. Like they were presenting them with, like they're not getting rid of like you need to carry your fucking duffel bags and we're gonna do all this shit. Like they're yeah. initially hitting them with, like individual movement techniques and problem solving right away as soon as they get off the bus so it may be okay. kind of cool still like but yeah there's not 18 fucking drill sergeants all like yeah like, dude i remember <laughs> i remember I, so it could remember, be cool i don't know i'll wait for the report i remember my first day getting off of the fucking cattle bus like oh i love dude that. i couldn't see like you had one duffel bag in the front and one of the yeah. front in the yeah. back right <laughs> and i'm only like five eight and a half and i couldn't see dude <laughs> And I ran into somebody just smack. And I'm like, and dude, I ran into the back of a drill sergeant who was yelling at another fucking private. And I was supposed to go to fucking first platoon. And he took the chalk and he marked that shit out and put me in fourth platoon. That was his. And, you know, he never said another fucking word to me until the day we graduated. That's funny. He looked at me because I went to OSET. So it was 17 weeks. He goes, I didn't fucking forget you. And I was like, (laughs) this motherfucker. (laughs) But I also remember standing in that line and we had to put the duffel bags on your forearm one thing in time and him looking at me. Where are you from? I was like, Texas. Drew. So he's like, there's only two things that come from Texas. Steers and, <laughs> steers and queers. You don't look like a steer. <laughs> that about narrows it down. Dude, I wanted to laugh so fucking bad, dude. Like, um, but um, I said, so. I dude, mean, that was fucking, it was hilarious. Dude. Yeah. I remember, so our senior drill sergeant, when we pulled up, it was this guy, drill sergeant Hunley. And I just remember him. He was from Texas, actually. Drill Sergeant Hunley. He had this fucking chiseled-ass draw. He was an older dude. He was the senior drill, so he's an E7. And I just remember him saying, welcome to Charlie Company 161. Now get the fuck off my bus. I was like, oh, shit. And here's the funny story. That motherfucker was the senior uh, ROTC enlisted instructor at the University of Texas when I was a drill sergeant doing LDAC out at Fort Lewis and I no walked shit. up to, yeah, I walked up to him, dude, I probably had not gone to parade rest since basic training. I walked up to that motherfucker as a master sergeant Hundley. And I was like, Oh shit. I was at E6. I was like, Oh fuck. Hey, master sergeant Hundley. This is a, I'm Joe Sarnsky. I was, I was in your basic training company in 2002. <laughs> and he's like, Oh shit, ski. I remember you. What the fuck you want? <laughs> I just wanted to tell you, I'm here. I'm a drill sergeant now. Yeah, what like, the f- yeah, dude, because you never get out of that when you run into them, right? Like, yeah, yeah. they're still the army's so goddamn small, dude. Man, I ran into every one of my drill sergeants after. Yeah, dude, training. my fucking dad's been out, dude. He's been retired since I was 15, so 30 fucking years, like 35 years. And, um, dude, he was he got a message from a guy not long ago, 
and on Facebook was just like, hey, um, you fucking changed my life. Like, what the fuck? Like, and then, and then he had a message after that. He was telling me about a guy that uh, when he was a first sergeant at Knox. Um, oh, shit. The guy uh, had switched companies and he was like, man, I wrote this guy, you know, memo and sent it to him. And he talked about when he got there and, and he told me, he's like, man, you know, you, you really helped me out when I got there or whatever. He goes, man, it's just like that little, little shit that, that matters. I'm like, yeah, dude, all these years later, you don't realize. I remember, I remember as a kid, man, when he retired, when I was 15, we used to go to Fort Hood all the time. That's back when the commissary was a lot cheaper. And we used to drive two and a half hours and buy groceries every few months. Like That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. like, and that, But it was like that time with my dad, right? And that's when I heard all the stories and shit. But, uh, dude, I remember being at Fort Hood and guys stopped like, hey, Drew Sergeant Neely. And they'd fucking, you know, like, they're like E6s and shit at the time. And same thing, you get the parade rest. And he's all like, yeah. no, nah, I'm fucking retired. But I'm like, man, you just don't realize how many people you really touch when you're in those positions. But, oh, um, yeah, no. It's fucking And then he did ROTC, like, his last two years in, he was at the ROTC program at, at Sam Houston. And that's how we ended up in Texas. And, dude, dude, those fucking guys, to me, as a kid, like, at 14, 15, in the Ranger Challenge, yeah. Like I was the fucking geeky kid, not geek, but you know, like <laughs> I was carrying the rucks when they got done with the Ranger Challenge stuff, like yeah. helping them pop blisters, cutting the shit. Like, dude, those were the guys I looked up to as a kid. And um, like, dude, he's still in contact. And dude, being in the military and then like serving with those guys was like, man, it was like almost like a like a dream. Like, um, but yeah, it's crazy, man. How the how many lives you touch when you're in that position, you just don't it's realize such, it. It's such a small fucking world, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's such and, a small um, world. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like um, to see it from his, you know, his view of being a first sergeant and drill sergeant all those years. I remember being five years old when he was a drill sergeant, him taking me and some of my first memories like guys that were on um when he was a first sergeant, like going in, the guys were on staff duty playing skater die two on Nintendo. Skater die, like, fuck yeah. Dude, dude, he's fucking <laughs> I, I never forget he was like, Don't make don't, don't let him cry. And he'd go off and do what he had to do. And that's back when like all the barracks was like one floor and the Dude, I can remember being five years old and shitting in the room with all the all the toilets against the wall. And that's how, like, the first time I ever saw a naked chick, dude, this is a true story. I was six years old. My dad was a first sergeant. And um, and the guy, his VCRs first came out. So it was like 87. <laughs> and he's like, hey, uh, can, I take, can I take Brandon to show him a VCR? And, and he was like, hey, when you come in, don't look at the wall on the right. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm six years old. Dude, I went in, they had a Playboy fold centerfold on the wall dude i got scared and ran into my dad's office and hit on the desk and i remember the guy coming in and his name was baker i'll never forget the guy had pitched for the cincinnati reds threw out his arm and joined the army and um yeah dude i'm still talking like, to the guy. sounds like me almost holy fuck yeah dude i still i still <laughs> my dad's still in contact with him we're still facebook friends but um i hit under the desk and i remember him coming in and was like hey first time i didn't mean my dad's like ah don't worry about it he get over it and i remember him having a talk with him like don't tell your mom you saw this shit but i was like six years old dude and it was like it, it was it was great dude like um it was just a, it was a See, great that experience. Chick, you know today that chick would have an only fans yeah yeah oh, could you even have it up in your barracks room nowadays i don't know can you there's probably like screens of just streaming only fans accounts on the walls and barracks now these days who knows oh dude yeah it's a different I've world about, man i've thought about, about that only like, fans account just you should or something beat and paint only fucking you should i was gonna do only fans and it was gonna just be pictures of fans like Dude, that's what somebody, but somebody would probably Someone's done it. it. Someone's probably already done it for sure. Maybe I'll do only fans, but only like you know those those Japanese fans that fold out. You know, yeah. oh, dude, pictures of those like different color ones every day, or yeah, every week, yeah. like a fan. I make my own from like from a. I'd fucking pay for it. Of course, I'd pay one hundred sixty dollars for Blanton's back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, maybe I'll just do that. It'll just be an OnlyFans of just empty bourbon bottles. You know, there's ways to do it. People just think it's negative. Like you got to be naked. No, you just got to be creative. Look, I'll, maybe I'll just post a picture of a fucking a cat over oh, here. Oh, dude, there's always out. gonna be somebody out there that's gonna pay for it though. There's always a market for something. There's 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 a niche for everything. Everybody's got yeah, a thing. Yeah, everybody's yeah, got exactly. a fucking thing. Fuck. There's one other thing I wanted to talk about. Like you brought it up and then I forgot. And now Twitter fucking it might have been just gonna blame the bourbon at this point. Shit. Don't drink and drive, kids. Might spill your drink. Alcoholics, you might spill your drink. Um, it's very important. Um yeah, all right. So how do I phrase this? Say it. How do you feel about the president and what he's out there saying publicly? Like, do you think we're, like I said, I've, I've, I've talked about mission creep. Do you, do you think we're going to find ourselves in the fucking something? Like, what's your gut reaction on it? Cause I don't know, dude. Like, I'm, I'm a pretty realist when it comes to like, <clears throat> yeah. Like, I was talking earlier, like, people, till they get to know me, they, I might think, cause, you know, I've said stuff about Gitmo or whatever that I'm like a liberal, like I'm really not, like I'm pretty much in the middle, but I'll say this much is like, I was smart enough not to vote for the guy. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. And I did vote. So people would take it as one, even though I wasn't a big Trump fan at all. Like I didn't, but um, I wasn't either, but, <clears throat> but like, it's like, you know, every, every election is um, you pick the worst, right? You pick, you know, like the, the better of the two evils. Yeah, lesser of two evils. Um, yeah, lesser of two evils. Fucking old granddad getting to me, whatever. Um, <laughs> That's what he does. Yeah, man. Like, I, I don't know. He doesn't, I don't know if the guy's all there or what, but like some of the shit oh. he's talking about regime change the other day. Yeah. Um, it's fucking scary. I, yeah. I mean, like, and I hate to say it, you know, dude, my issue with, you know, uh, shit, fuck, you know, like people talk about like, I was part of that whole lawsuit with Trump on Twitter. I don't know. You probably know about that, right? Hmm. So when Trump, Trump, I got blocked early on when Trump fucking thing, right? Like, Trump blocked you? Yeah, he he blocked me, and my comment wasn't even like it was talking about the Trump um, healthcare thing. And my question was like, well, now it's not going to cover coal miner or black lung, right? Okay. So my family history comes from coal miners. My dad's yeah. father, their mom, right? My dad was the first one that got out of West Virginia and wasn't a coal miner, and he blocked me for that. For, for asking like oh now you're not gonna cover black you know uh black lung for black coal miners lung, like yeah. this is kind of fucked up and i went to this whole thing and it wasn't like a fuck you thing or nothing like that so anyway when they did the lawsuit i got a part of that right and um but my whole thinking behind the lawsuit wasn't i wasn't like part of the group of fuck trump like fuck trump but like that's not why i did it my whole thing was if i go to a town hall down here you shouldn't be able to throw me out because you don't like me because my opinion is not yours. Right. And that was, and that's the way social media is becoming the new town hall. And I think if you're an official, whether you're right, left, middle, whatever, they shouldn't be able to block constituents. Like if it's your official government account, like you don't like their opinions, fucking mute mute them, but they should be able to see what you put out. And that's the whole reason I got involved. But um, at the same time, like I wasn't dumb enough not to think that he didn't do any good. Or that he oh, was yeah. no, not no. better than Biden or less he than just, Biden. He talked. That was the problem. His problem was the way he put shit out. Like, yeah. um, he didn't know how to articulate shit. But what I did like about him was, like, he didn't talk down to you. He talked to you. But he really needed to – he talked too much sometimes. And he should have <laughs> yeah, stayed yeah. off Twitter not, a lot. Like, he talked too much, period. Like, because people, like, when it comes to the VA, like, you know, like, the VA choice and stuff like that, a lot of that shit happened under his – 
administration, which has become a good thing. Like the VA choice program I use all the time for, I don't know. I'm not, I mean, hell, you just retired. You're probably, I don't know if you go to the VA or not, but like if they can't get you within 30 days. I can go to civilian doctor and they'll pay for it. Right. And, um, and that's something that they put in under his, his administration that I don't think he gets enough credit for. But, um, and people get pissed because I just call it like I see it. But like, dude, this, this administration, man, I don't fucking know, dude. It's, it's kind of scary sometimes. Because that's why I say, like, I, 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 try, I don't want to bang on President Biden because he reminds me, unfortunately, of my grandfather who passed away a few years ago, like yeah. his last year. Like his last year of life is kind of what I see right now with yeah. like he's like at moments there's moments where he's there, but for the most part he's not. You know, yeah, it's he can't to see it. It is sad. I mean, like he yeah. can't control it. And what's worse about it is <clears throat> hey, the president, he's 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 lived a long life in public service. My problem is the bench behind him. No, dude, I fucking totally agree. That's my issue. Like I went, there's a pic, I posted the picture of the national security council. Like, holy, these, the, these are the ones, this collection, this is who's got our fucking national security. Like, really? Cause I'm sorry, man. I don't know. I I don't know because I know what we're up against and uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I have concerns. Let's put it that way. I have concerns. I, I think as most people do, like, um, do they though? I like, I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I still don't. I, I think. I think. I think we got to a point nowadays where people are, you know, like it used to be 10, 15 years ago. Like we may disagree, but we can have a debate. And, and right. But now it's like, oh, you don't agree with me, hundred percent. Fuck you. We can't be friends. Like yeah. you know, you're the enemy. Oh, I trust me. Going through that right now. Well, dude, that's what I like. Like <laughs> go back to like Twitter, right? Like the little group, or not little the guy. Like everybody's kind of different, like um, very different, yeah. <laughs> different, different, you know, uh, races, different religions, different yep. political stances. We may not disagree or agree, but at the end of the day, it's all about right versus wrong, or everybody has their morals. And I mean, like everybody just kind of gets along, and you yeah. don't have that now, the fucking days. And um, if more people were like that, it'd be so much better. But like people just vote because right or left, they don't yeah. vote on the issues or they don't it's vote with the letter next the to the name. That's it. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous, and and it's gonna be, and it has been the downfall. And it's like, dude, it's fucking. And you see that shit here in Texas all the time too, just because, like Dan Crenshaw, like, dude, I talk to people. That guy, oh. dude. Okay, so I live in there. <laughs> like his parents, like, well, I don't know, fuck, people have doxxed. Is that your district? Time. People, dude, his parents live right down the fucking. People have doxxed me, so I don't care. Like, they're not gonna get. They're not gonna get. His parents only. He grew up where I where I live at now in the subdivision in the area. Is uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize like before he was an elected official. You know, he lived with his parents. He didn't work, and um. He used to golf here all the time. And my neighbor golfs like every day. He's a retired guy. And they ran him off the golf course. Are he doesn't come here anymore to golf. What? Yeah. Why? And one of the, one of the other so guys off Twitter doesn't live too far from me. And, he, and we laugh. I'm like, well, dude, if you ever need to say anything, just come over here right off the seventh hole. We can talk shit to him. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, he doesn't go. But it's like he continues to get elected because they keep changing the districts. Like now he's got wow. another area. But like the majority of the people here don't, don't, don't want him in office. Um, but they continue to vote for him just because he has that R next to his name instead yeah. of just it's it's ridiculous, man. But like that, like for him, like so I've watched like I remember um seeing him and his wife live with his parents, and then over the last six years go from living with his parents to being multimillionaires. How did that happen? Uh, how does Nancy Pelosi go from this to 
tens of millions. You know what I'm, I mean? You know where I'm getting at. Like, oh no, I get it. Yeah, yeah, that's totally that's a, and that's what's fucking like. How are you in office? Like when you were hot to you're not, Nancy. I know. Like, I need to I need to almost I feel like I need to just run for Congress. Dude, you're fucking <laughs> I mean you're hot now. You won't be by the time you retire. <laughs> I know, but I'll be rich. What's but up? like I was talking to that guy the other day. I'm like, dude, did you look at Nancy Pelosi? Was she she was actually like, she was big. Uh, Nancy Pelosi was a very, very attractive woman. Yeah, and she very attractive woman. And then and she's still in office. Like, what that's the problem. That's the problem with this state in general. Is uh but you know, I just wonder the pendulum's gotta swing, and that's why you like look, bro. I'm not going to be surprised if your state's fucking Democrat in 2024. And if that happens, we're never going to see another Republican president until they all moved out of fucking California at this point. I remember when I was a kid, we had Ann Richards. She was a Democrat. It was the last time we had a Democratic governor. Really? Ann Ri- oh, I remember Ann Richards. Yeah. 90s? And, uh, then, yeah was it dude, 90s? I was a kid. My dad was always like real big in the politics. So I always watched him watching the news. And I remember that. And then Bush came in. And then, um, that was about the time, I think I was in basic, and I just voted for Bush on a ballot just because he was fucking a Texan. I didn't know yeah. shit. Like, I'm just fucking swinging out what? votes in basic. My dad sent me an absentee, <clears throat> absentee vote. I'm like, yeah, he's got my vote. And, um, yeah, I just don't. But it's changed But it's changed a lot here. So we got these areas. You got Austin, which Austin. is always going to go very progressive, right? Even where I live out here in Houston, Harris County, it's 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 swinging. You, you can see... You know, like our county judge is 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 democratic, which I'm fine with, but like not fine, man. Like I'm like like I'm real like uh I'm an issue guy more than anything, not just because you have yeah. the D, the R, the I right, or whatever. Exactly. But like, yeah. man, some of this shit's like, dude, for instance, a couple months ago, um, we had a guy like I live in a community, it's a pretty big planned community, it's been around for like 20 years. Yeah. Um, it's very well known around. Dude, this guy shot his wife in the fucking driveway, like. Dude, you know he was out the next day on bail. What? Yeah, he has a court hearing at the end of April. Yeah, but that, but she, huh. when when this new district DA came in or the county judge, all that bail reform and you no know, lower stuffs came in. So the crime here, as you can look it up in Harris County, Houston, has been high, and a lot of it's from people getting out on on violent crimes and going back and recommitting crimes. And then this guy got out the next day, like on a fucking thirty thousand dollar bond. It's it's just ridiculous. See, but that's the fucking, pro- and that's the thing, like, when I had Lafayette Leon a couple months back, like, that's what he talks that was, about. You need to be that was involved. A great episode. Yeah, you need to be involved in your fucking local elections. It's oh, dude, that's what it's at, right? Because- like, if, you, if you're not going to, fuck, national elections is going to be what they are, but local is where yeah. it really fucking matters. And it's weird because I never really Ooh. realized what he was saying. Like, shit, yeah. you know, your local sheriff really does have so much goddamn Dude, the power. fucking school boards, right? Like, the yeah. school board, like, they... That's where the funding goes, whether they put implement this or the, I mean, it's fucking that's where it's at. That's where the big change really happens is your local elections. That's fucking nuts, man. Like, I don't know, but I honestly I just think the way we're trending, uh, uh, I will not be surprised. I don't know who the fucking Democrats got to run because I don't think uh, I hate to say it, I don't think Biden's going to be a, alive. And if he is, I don't think he's going to be mentally fit to run for reelection. And, you know. You throw Harris up there as the natural secession, and she even been seen the last three years. I, I don't I mean, pay enough attention. We, I've never. We, we don't have anybody, man. Who's going to run on? The, and that's why I think, like, all right, well, who's going to run on the Republican side? What Trump's going to run again? I guess, right? Because it ain't DeSantis. If it's not those two, there's no other fucking up and coming Republican. Yeah, and, from, and from people that you probably know on Twitter, that's in the know in our little, you know, in the group that know him, like he's not running. Yeah. 
You can't. Yeah. So other than him, I I don't know what Ted fucking Cruz, but like oh, the problem, my problem with Ted Cruz, you're in Texas. Maybe you probably know this more than like Ted Cruz, just a, he doesn't, he, <laughs> my brother always used to say, he looks like the night stalker. Uh, Dude, he fucking does. Like Richard, what's his name? Ramirez. Richard Ramirez. Like, Richard Ramirez but yeah. Ted Cruz's problem is like, he has to be the guy who's the smartest in the room, but he also has to remind you of it. Oh, all the time. He's not likable. He's not a, when, when it came to those debates, like remember like the final three was like Trump, Rubio and Cruz. Yeah. And Cruz kind of removed himself. And then it was just kind of Rubio or Trump. And Rubio was so dumb that he played right in the Trump's hands and like tried to be all insulting like Trump was. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, you I, just lost it. You just be I your fucking Rubio. self. I love you the ruined it. Whether you like it or not, dude. He, he's Look at my right. hands. It's just like, what are we? T- dude, and, and my thing with Cruz, right? If, if you let another man talk shit about your wife and you're not going to say anything, like, I don't want to have no respect for you. Like, yeah. you let the man talk about your wife, your fucking dad killed JFK. I mean, you just <laughs> fucking. Shit like, was a weird year, man. Yeah, it was oh, like, but dude, God. the debates, like whether you like Trump or not, like, dude, he, he's I, I want to tune in. Like, that's I tune in that's more to I think he's, I, I, that's why I honestly think I honestly think he's gonna run again. I mean, I mean there's nobody else. There's yeah. nobody else. DeSantis has already said he's running for re-election in Florida. Well, you think I mean, like, just to be real, the, the media has never like got off of him. I mean, like, it yeah, really does him. benefit him for I mean, like, as far as whether they'll admit it or not, and they never will. MSNBC, CNN, they want him to run again because that's what they do. They their it ratings were up, and they, and they made yeah. millions, if not billions, of dollars while he was in office. And they, they'll never say that, dude. When I was in, um, to go back on the media show, where I got really uh, done, like disenfranchised with the media was when I did that whole Gitmo shit, and I met people. Yeah, Rachel Maddow, some other people I met. And I remember there's a story coming out that Gitmo from a reporter, and I reached out to them about, hey, you know, there's a story coming out, this detainee's going to talk, or whatever, this guy released. And I got an email back, and uh, it, it, I swear to God, it said, um, it, eh, it's, it's, torture doesn't sell anymore. <laughs> we, we don't care. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, Damn. You should print realized, that out and put that on your wall behind you. Torture and doesn't then I re- sell. And then I realized, like, and they really hit me, like, but they don't give a fuck about it nobody it's all about what what what's hot at the moment right like mm-hmm. and then i go back and look at like when my shit came out it, it was at the height of the obama versus mccain um we, we need to do something about the past administration like like what what bush did as far as iraq war and this right? right and that's the only reason it got hot right because anything anybody said before then nothing happened like i i said a thing they released a story i woke up the next day my dad's calling me like why are you on the fucking i'm like well what the fuck and, and that's when I got, that's when I really realized what the media was like really about. It's all about selling. They don't give a fuck about people. Dude. Yeah. What's that? What's that old Megadeth line? Peace sells, but who's buying? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's what we can reduce it down to. Um, yeah. I don't yeah, know. And I, just, I don't and have. And when I went to, I went, I went to Embed, MSNBC studios a few times and there's some documentaries and then seeing shit like from the inside and like how kind of like ran for a little bit of time i was in there it was just like yeah this is all bullshit like these people don't even agree with what they're fucking saying but yet when the camera turns on it's like fucking we're having this great conversation. well that's why i said it's entertainment right because yeah they, no I, that, I agree that's they, why i don't just, fucking watch the shit anymore. Yeah, like, I don't that, either, that's yeah. that's why like um like like it's like working for a company right like, like look at anybody else who works in a job they work there because they work like there. 
how do you have right views but left views too? I'm like, well, because I'm not a fucking idiot. Yeah, like, because I'm normal. Maybe I'm just a normal person. Yeah, and I think the most people are <laughs> are that way. It's just I like do too, yeah. you so, you've been like, you know, there's no media for you, and you've just kind of just been like pushed to the side because it's either extreme left or this is extreme fucking right. Yeah. So, and if you're a Trump, and that's supporter, what's throw, that's what's blasted out into social media, right? Like you have to be on one side. I've been yeah. saying this forever, man. Look, we're a nation of probably 340 million at this point. Yeah. You can't tell me that, hey, everybody on this side of the room or that side of the room with RD, like that's not realistic. Yeah. There's got to be. We need a viable third party. We really do. We need oh. something. We can't just keep doing this whole Republican Democrat bullshit. But the, but the two parties get together and they shut out the third party every fucking time. I mean, that's I, oh, I know. Like, when we, think about how far ago. Like the last time we had a legitimate third party candidate who Ross really Burrow. took right. He that was ninety two. Yeah, that's what I remember. That really really took I, I remember my dad voted for him. I remember him talking about yeah, it. My dad voted yeah. for him too. Yeah, my dad had, I remember 12 years, 11, 12 years old, him having these conversations with me about the two party fucking system. I'm like, sitting there playing with my fucking GI Joe's. Like, what the fuck nuts, is all man. talking about, right? He legit took like 19, 20%. Like, that's probably the only reason Clinton got elected. Like, Bush the was only probably going to get reelected for sure. Because he had his own fucking money. Because yeah, he was a billionaire. <laughs> so like, yeah, imagine being a billionaire in 1992. Like that's yeah. Imagine that. My ex-brother-in-law worked for his company and was like high up and like was really good friends with him. And, and he used to tell us like wild stories about how he took care of them. All. I'm like this guy. Like I gotta look this up because I remember I actually bet my it was I think no I bet my dad in 1996 and I was just young and dumb just to oppose him. He's like, I, I was like, I bet you 20 bucks Bill Clinton beats Bob Dole. He's like, fuck dad, I'll take that bet. And then when he beat him, he gave me those $20. He's like, I just want you to know this was really important to me. And I was like, fuck, now I feel bad. Yeah, I remember that. Shit, I got 20 man. bucks in 96. Yeah. 1990, let me, hold on. Let me, let me do this. And then we'll get out of here. Presidential election results. I'm such a good search termer. Do you Here need we go. one of those guys like fucking like uh, Joe Rogan has like Jamie in the back? Just like, I know. Hey, hey uh, well, I got this cat. The fucking, cat's been up, as- fucking cat's been asleep for the whole goddamn thing. Yeah, God yeah, damn. I had, I had to like fucking shut the door so the two cats didn't run in here. Yeah, look at this shit, right? Okay, so uh, percentage of the vote. Bill Clinton had 43. George H.W. at 37. Ross Perot at 18.9. So like I said, basically 19%. Yeah. Popular vote, 19 million. 39 for Bush, 44 million for Bill Clinton. Electoral votes. That's the thing, though. He he had zero electoral votes, right? Because he didn't win a state, but he was enough yeah. to influence it. And then Clinton won 370 to 168. Like it was a blowout. But man, if if the winner who gets 370 electoral votes, that's a fucking blowout. No matter what, yeah. right? When it comes to elect. But if the winner gets 44 million votes and some third party dude who gets no electoral votes gets damn near 20 million. Come on, it's man. probably the system, bro. Right. No, there is. That was 1992. And it's, and it's, That's 30 it's, years ago. Has man. a fucking change. It's fucking a, a generation like, and a half. You know, when you when, when you grow up, they fucking teach us like a vote, one vote, one for one matters. And then when you vote on these presidents, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. It don't. It only matters in what district. Like like, like let's let's like in some states like you know where you're at. Like if you don't fucking vote, if you do vote, it's still gonna go. You know which way it's gonna go. Well, that's my issue with this state is fucking Republicans don't vote. They just complain. No, and exactly. I, I say this. Here's why I say it. You go back and look at the last two elections. The state of California has probably had half the turnout on average than the state of Florida with twice the population. Because you know why? Republicans don't fucking vote here. Everyone votes in Florida. Because they feel like even if they vote, it doesn't fucking matter. 
That's dumb. That's a sellout no, mentality. Yeah. And, and then I got to drive there's so through. Many, there's so many people All that I do, do that. Is drive through California sections of the farmlands and the northern parts where like, yeah, Jeff, state of Jefferson or Trump flags everywhere. I've never seen a goddamn Biden flag or poster or anything in this fucking state. But I know he won. All I see is Trump shit or state of Jefferson all throughout, even in Southern California, where it's mostly Democrat, Northern California, outside of the Bay Area is very mostly Republican. Right. Uh, Congressman McClintock, the Placer County, huge far right motherfucker, like great conservative, strong Republican, huge conservative district. These fuckers still don't vote. They don't vote. That's why I said a population of 40 million, you might get a turnout of 10. Meanwhile, the state of Florida is right around 26, 27 million and damn near fucking they all vote. They double Do you think, voting. But I mean, I've always been a fan of like making like special presidential election like that Tuesday, a fucking holiday. So people can no, vote. No, fuck that. Not even a Tuesday. You make that bitch on a fucking Friday and it's a four day yeah. holiday. Yeah. You announce results at eight o'clock on fucking yeah. Monday night. Because I think a lot of I think forever, there's a lot of people that don't. It needs to be a fucking holiday. Why do I agree with you? Because there's a lot on a fucking Tuesday. A lot of people fucking work. Like the Everyone, common person you should be working. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, here's the deal, and it's just being real, right? Like when it comes to the Democrats, like it, it benefits them to keep people down because oh, no, they're no, going to no. continue. It's identity politics. It's identity politics. Yeah. Man. And then people get pissed when you say that, but it's like it's fucking true, bro. Like they continue to give you money, 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 money because they just want to keep you where you're at. Um, but no, I've always been a, I've always been pro that too. Like make it a fucking holiday. So the common person can go fucking vote. It's the easiest bipartisan, or it should be. So it probably won't be, but it should be the easiest bipartisan vote in fucking Congress. And why does no one ever, why does no one throw this up there? Why does no one offer this as a bill? Why is this not proposed? But I don't care what Congressman does. Let it be a fucking Democrat. AOC, she wants to get more fans than she already fucking has. Tell her to do this shit. I'll fucking vote for it. Yeah, give me a fucking paid holiday. I'll fucking go. Like, <laughs> of all the, we just created Juneteenth. Why can't we have a fucking election holiday? Right? Yeah, I mean, I, don't know. I mean, we create fucking. We make holidays up all the time. Let's just fucking make an election day, a fucking federal holiday. It's a four day weekend. It takes place on the second fucking Friday in November. And we announce the results at eight o'clock Eastern on Monday. Because, like, who really wants to get off at five o'clock or six o'clock on a fucking Tuesday and then go stand in line? It's Tuesday. Who does? Who wants to do anything on a Tuesday? You're just looking forward to fucking Friday. Especially if you got a fucking family, you have to go seriously from daycare. Like you either you're gotta go, go before work, which no one wants to do. You either gotta go while you're at lunch, which no one wants to do, wants or you gotta go do. after work, which no one wants which to nobody do. Nobody wants to fucking do. And then you got you got people trying to tell you that oh they can't vote, they're being uh, discriminated against. Oh, come on, man. Like voting in this just a fucking is so excuse, goddamn bro. easy, man. It's so goddamn easy. <sighs> anyway. I don't know. I just show up with my fucking ID and check my boxes. Seriously. Like it's harder for you to probably order a bottle of liquor off the internet than it is to go for You gotta fucking be here to fucking sign for it. Yeah. Fucking do all that Seriously. Like, you know how hard it is to get this goddamn fucking 1900 French shit today? We had to send, fill out a form, hold for re-delivery at the post. Like... These fuckers are trying to send it back to France. It's like, bro, just trying to pick up our shit. What's up? Dude, I don't know how many times I've ordered bourbon offline off a of site or, or whatever. Somebody sent it. Like, you got to be, though they won't deliver. You got to be here. You got to be 21 to sign for. It, and it has, fuck, dude, it's a fucking hassle. But if I want to vote, apparently yeah. all you got to do is just show up. But just fucking uh, show up. I, I don't. 
whatever. I think the last time I voted, when I looked back, I just showed up and told him, I don't think I ever showed up. You know what? I don't think I showed up. I think I just told him my name and my fucking address. My last two elections have been absentee because I still vote in the state of Florida, but I haven't been. Oh. So I do absentee ballot. Probably doesn't get counted anyway, but whatever. Well, I just fucking go because more of, like we were talking earlier, like for the local shit, like the school bonds and shit like that. Yeah, fucking yeah. matter. Like, like the district I lived in and just spent $26 million on a fucking stadium. And for high school, yeah, dude, this fucking well, it is Texas. Y'all take that shit serious, dude. I'll have to fucking <laughs> well, they built it was a few years ago, like, but I'll have to take pictures. Of shit. It's it's better than some college stadiums. It's fucking it's got suites and shit in it. Like, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous, man. For like, high um, school football, oh, dude, but you, fucking we got Katie not too far from here, and they have a crazy facility too. Yeah, it's but yeah, but like, yeah, then they complain on the other hand about like, hey, we got overcrowding, overcrowding at the high school. You just spent twenty six million on a fucking stadium. Yeah, why did you build another school? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> All right, all right, man. All right, Brandon Neely. There was bourbon. All right, we did a lot. I did a lot. I did. I did multiple Colonel Taylors. He's down that fucking. I didn't even see him drink it. That's weird. I don't. I don't must have missed it. <laughs> Colonel Taylors are gone. We got into some some Wyoming fucking hole. Yeah, put the down the list. Dag Junior. Yeah, put that. Look that one up. All right, man. There will be bourbon. Uh, we'll do this again next week. We got some cool shit next week. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, buddy. All right, man. Take care, bro.